미역이 미역이 What you doing to the brother? Team means you need to get hard. Daniel sucks at fighting. Hello and welcome. We are back from theballerlifestyle.com. It is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. Of course, my name is Brian Beckner. Thank you very much for joining the program. We are super excited you're here for a very special episode, one of our favorites. You know, occasionally we like to stray from our normal routine where we keep it topical, where we talk about all the pressing sports topics of the day. Whose dong would you look at if you were in the locker room? But occasionally we stray and do a little off-topic, non-topical, evergreen material, if you will. Of course, we like to review movies here, and a lot of people people re- send us requests all the times, all the time for movies that they want us to talk about. And this one, it's shocking. It shocks me how many people wanted us to discuss this movie on the show. Of course, I'm talking about the. Sequel to The Karate Kid. The Karate Kid Part 2. We'll let this play. Because who could forget the number one single that it spawned? Peter Cetera. Joining me now as he does every week on the program. Ed Daly. Ed, how are you? I'm doing well. This song freaked me out when I was like a 10-year-old boy. And the whole thought... Yeah, because it's all about fucking. Well, I was focused on the fight for your honor. Fight somebody to the death? Um, yeah, it's yeah. You might have to fight somebody to to the death, um, like like Daniel Sondand in this movie. We'll talk about that. Also joining us, regular guest of the program, occasional co-host. Last time he was on, in the middle of the show, he messaged me, "Hey, I need to wrap this up because I got a Tinder slay on the line." I hope he's not going to be that <laughs> unprofessional this time. Of course, I'm talking about Jason Stewart. Jason, how are you? Uh, yeah, hey guys, no Tinder slay. Um, I will say this. That what was that? Did you print that night? Um, yeah. I, I don't kiss and tell. But I will say this, guys. Uh, as far as reviewing this movie goes, um, please, if if I'm dreaming, don't wake me. And if I'm uh, if I'm awake, I never want to go to sleep. <laughs> Is that are those quotes from the movie? Are you, yeah. are you are you quoting the Chronicle Part 2? Also joining us, we're very stoked to have this person here. A, a lot of you may know him as the infamous Stevie and in LMU 2000, no, 1999 Smackoff champion, Steve? I think it was, was it, ni- no, it was 98. 98, 98 1998 Smackoff champion. Of course, now he's a big, big star on the internet. If you know anything about The Bachelor or reality TV in general, this is your go-to spot. Reality Steve is the site. Steve Carbone joins us. How are you, Steve? Hi, Steve. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, having me on. I just want to—I want to throw something in real quick. And this is out there on the internet, I, it, oh. somewhere, probably on Stucknut, that has one of my old calls. 
But I want to say in either 2000 or 01 or 02, one of my smack off calls, my end of my call, I addressed there was a gay rumor going on about me back then. I don't know who started it. I think it was the CEO or something like that. This is the early so days I, of the internet too. Yeah. And I, so I ended my call saying war and then I warred about six gay men in the industry. And one of them I said was Kevin Spacey. I remember that specifically. And here we are in 2017 and it finally took him, oh, I don't know, 15, 16 years to share the secret that everybody seemed to know about back in the early 2000s. Hell, I did it. I was barely in my he, late 20s, and I knew this. He brought his mom to the Oscars. Yeah, like <laughs> that's, that's right. I mean, never known, it's never known to keep. DiCaprio does it because you know he's just get it, giving his dick a rest, but no. Spacey brought his mom to the Oscars in a brought your mom to the Oscars kind of way. Never known to keep the company of a lady, that's for sure. And interesting, Steve, that now you make your bones in the world of spoilers. You yeah. spoiled Kevin Spacey's sexuality back then. Interesting. Okay. Apparently I did. And I, and I, it, it didn't even dawn on me until, you know, he tweeted that last night and I was like, Oh, that's right. I remember I threw, I threw Tom Cruise in there. I threw well, yeah. Steve Kometko for some reason. I guess he was popular on E back then. Steve um, Kometko, yeah. <laughs> local TV entertainment reporter. Yes. I threw him in there. I don't know why, <laughs> but yeah. Probably was, just happy to be on that list. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. He doesn't like to, who sticks out like a sore thumb on that list. Um, <laughs> Ted Casablanca. Yeah, no, I remember. I, I can't remember what year it was early 2000s. So I know, I know I ended my call addressing this, this rumor. And then I wore a bunch of gay men and was out and yeah. So I, I think there was a, um, I, I mean, back then it was okay to call people gay and it was okay to be racist on radio. Like, I don't think, no, over I don't the, think that's true. Yeah. But, but uh, no, it was, it definitely was on our show. And I just remember that Rudy Galindo signed a lot of emails that included oh, yeah. St Steve Carbone. I love that call signed Rudy Galindo. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that. I was, I remember, I mean, it was, I, I don't know what's, I can't remember what started it. I know it had something to do with something that happened at the national sports grill, that chain that has since you, gone. Uh, you turn, you, this is, this is the, uh, if I can uh, remember in detail, the story, the short version is you were given a chance at some point between oh, some right. hot, hot turned down sex. Yeah. You turned down sex for some chicken wings. <laughs> such a, such an exaggeration that's the thing like i think that's where the uh, i think that's where everything got mixed yeah that's that's how the story has been presented but that's not exactly what went down of course i'm not turning down sex for chicken wings and the legend was born <laughs> yeah and then, and then it started Speaking. just took it, it's something on the jim rome show that had legs and then just took off for no reason imagine ne that never ended i love that stuff uh speaking of closeted gay men Mr. Miyagi, he shows back up in the sequel to The Karate Kid. And I know Karate Kid 1, the original, that is just one of those zeitgeist movies that people of our generation, everyone saw it, everyone identified with it. Karate just exploded. Dojos popped up all over the country. It was a literal, legitimate phenomenon so, of course, a couple years later, 1986, they make another martial arts film, the sequel to The Karate Kid. They bring back all the heavy hitters, Machio's there, Marita. They reprise their respective roles as 
karate student Daniel Larusa. Is it Larusa or Larusso? Did we get? Do we? No, Larusso. Larusso. We're, we're yeah. certain of that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this is the same guy that won several World Series. Right, Tony Larusa. <laughs> Tony Larusa. Daniel Larusso. Daniel Larusso. Yeah. Got it. Okay, I got that. Uh, he's he's hanging out again with Miyagi. Um, let's just give you the, the, the box. Let's try to find the box office here. How'd this thing do? Of course it did the, we were already heard it. This song gave birth to a massive, massive number one hit. I played it before glory of love by Peter Cetera, which hung out on the charts. It feels like uh, for a year. I mean, it was just that big of a hit. It was on MTV, which is weird considering Peter Cetera's look. <laughs> which is kind of like your mom's lesbian friend. Like just picture her. That's what Peter Cetera looks like. Yeah, nice not. perm. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got like a fluffed out thing going. Used to be in Chicago. Uh, the Karate Kid part two opened in 1300 theaters. That's a pretty wide release on June 20th, 1986. Yeah. I, I'm well, that's the thing. That's the only time I've ever seen this movie was in the theater. In its opening weekend, the film ranked first in domestic box office, grossing $12.5 million. The film earned $20 million in its opening week and ended its run, earning a total of $115 million domestically. Uh, The film, not popular with critics or people, 43% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, not, not a lot, not a lot of positive reviews for this movies. Uh, the, the LA times liked it, but praising Pat Morita's performance, which is shocking to me. He was going through the motions. I mean, obviously not a trained karate man. I think that's for sure. Um, but uh, I, th- all, I, think, all the- I really do think what, what's his name? Marito. Um, so no, Marita. What- yeah, Marita, whether whether he's playing Marita. whether he's playing Miyagi or uh, um, Happy Al. Days, Al. Al from Happy Days, Al. I I always get the impression that he's he's doing a really good job of mimicking a guy doing an awful Asian impression. <laughs> that's that's pretty much true because he's from L.A. He's not he's not like he didn't come here on a boat. I mean, if he did, he was very young when he did it. Anyway, this made him a huge, huge, massive, massive star. Hopefully he got some points on the back end because you didn't really hear much from him after that. Although they did do a three featuring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Future Lively. Oscar winner. Hillary. No, Swank. no, no. No, that's, that was four. That was four. Oh, Oh, that's four. Uh, lively. One of the lively sisters was the love interest to Daniel. That's when they opened up a, a bonsai shop. Oh, like, oh yeah. Blake, Blake Lively's. Oh, there's wait, there's more. That's seen karate's three. bad boy, Mike Barnes. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm telling you right now, it's so underrated. But Karate Kid Three is fucking outstanding. Like yeah, really, amount, that needs to be recapped on this on this podcast. For I sure. noticed. I, I want to be part of. Chris comes of- back and plays a role. Oh, Crease. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, it's a total scam that is pulled on Miyagi and, yeah. and uh, Daniel. Silva. Well, let's get into that because Crease, I noticed this, this movie starts out the op- it, well, it opens with a montage in case you it, hadn't seen the first movie. And, and our, maybe our last movie review was Rocky three and we were, t- or Rocky four and we were talking about how they go heavy on the montage. They do the same thing here and it's the same director, same uh, John Alvinson. John Avildsen, yeah. Avildsen, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, they, the first like four minutes of a, of the movie is a montage of the first movie, which sort of catches you up, and then and then the movie begins, and it's just at the uh, All Valley Karate Tournament has just ended, and uh, everybody everybody from the tournament is just t- taking a shower. <laughs> they're all they're all prepubescent boys or just. Pu- entering puberty they're like 16 year old kids that tournament yeah they're all they're all just taking a shower and miyagi is just lurking outside of the shower door and he's sort of got his back to all the kids showering but it almost you can almost see him suppressing urges that he has (laughs) to run in there and take what he believes is his did you guys did you guys catch that undertone yeah, for sure. That was, I mean, that was his motive the whole, the whole movie, the first one. And also the, the flashbacks they were showing were kind of like they, they, they spent like a minute of the montage on that chopstick fly scene. Like it didn't totally make sense. Then they get, they do that again. They do, they do um, in the montage and then he's doing it again when he gets to his house later. But I wanted to, I wanted to point out that in the credits, Marty Cove is billed as returning as crease Martin Cove. Like it was a, it was a big deal. Hey guys, no worries. Sensei crease is back on the scene. Yeah. Well, <laughs> bullet I, dodged. Yep. Here's something that I'm, I know I read at some point and I would love to do. I hope I'm right on this. Did you know that the beginning of this movie which is them, which I'm sure we're just about to get into, them walking outside and Kreese wanting to fight Miyagi. Did you know that that was supposed to be the end of number one? Oh, no. Yeah. No. That it, was how one was supposed to end. So it they didn't have sense. to bring those actors back. They, they already oh, had it in the game. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. So, And it's it's a little bit of a weird scene. So Kreese is obviously, a bit? He's, he's, <laughs> he's not happy with the way things went down. Danielson, and we've gotten into this before, no need to rehash it. It was, for some reason, it was considered bad form to kick Danielson in the leg. Meanwhile, um, heel kicks directly to people's eye sockets were considered fine. Yeah. And, uh, and but, Johnny, Johnny walked right into that crane kick. <laughs> well, he was, he, was, he was no Bobby. Uh, in terms yeah, but, but, of if, but if do right, no can defend. See, that's why. Either, you know, oh, yes. <laughs> don't forget that. If do right. And defender does nothing but walk into your kick. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, Daniel's the champion, and he's he's planning his karate career at this point. And I, I think uh, Miyagi's like actually shaking. He does like an actual palm to the forehead. He's like, "What are you talking about, kid? You're not like this is it. You're not doing it anymore." Um, he's so he's done showering. I don't know why he needed to shower at the Anaheim Convention Center or wherever this thing went down. It was a weird, like, just go home and take a shower. Like, you, there's no reason to shower on site. But anyway, they're leaving. Is he, is he showering with the guys that he literally just beat and are probably upset at him? Like, we never, obviously never yes. got into that. But no, yeah, absolutely. it's just like they were all in. And these were guys that all wanted to beat his ass and were calling him names and making fun that his mommy wasn't around to dress him. And now they're showering with him? Like, yeah. This and is, then this there's is, uh, a grown man just hanging out with a butterfly collar. 
And a blazer. Yeah, this is the guy that ruined their perfectly good joint at the Enchantment Under the Sea Halloween dance. Like, he really (laughs) made their lives a living hell, and he just clowned them in front of everybody at what was a highly attended karate tournament. I mean, thousands of people on (laughs) it. It was more than just moms and dads. It was was a lot of people, like, bought tickets. His friend that dumped him at the beginning of the movie decided to bandwagon and come back for the championship fight. Yeah, Freddie. Oh, was Freddie Fernandez there? Yeah, he was there. He was was, was in his corner again. He was What a bandwagon. Total total bandwagon. It was ridiculous. What was the name of the uh, what was the name of the character who screams out the the, uh, the famous body bag line? That's Bobby. Or Bobby No, Bobby was the guy that injured Daniel. Tommy was the one that yeah, body bag. They just laughed the whole time like a so if they if they really wanted to stick this thing up in the shower scene, they could have easily been like, "All right, Tommy, deliver this line." I think the the audience will love it. <laughs> yeah, get him some body soap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Jace. Too. Uh, yeah. So they, the, it's after the tournament. They're walking out like they're going to meet their ladies for dinner, and but. Crease has a score to settle. He comes out and he's actually. Wait, hang on. Before yeah. then, a yeah, bunch right. of kids run up to him asking for his autograph. Oh, well, it's for winning a high school karate. Well, yeah. How about when you, that? How when about- you win a when you win a tournament in Merceda, you're you're big. You're big time. <laughs> no, but that, like, what is that autograph thing. worth? Before the autograph, before the autograph, though, Ed, uh, yeah. there were two dads or two Sarah. I don't know if they were agents or whatever. But one guy uttered an incredible line that they're going to be talking about this night for a long time. <laughs> Who's they? Who's they? No, it, was, it was the referee and some oh, yeah. other guy. And remember, we looked up for the last one. That referee is the karate expert on yeah. set. Yeah. yeah. He was, and so they, they, they promised him a line and he delivered it horribly. He Now, to just to give you a sense of how different a time it was back then, Crease comes up and he's a bully. He was in Nam. He's got a <laughs> lot of PTSD. He comes wow. in and for some reason, rather than just like calmly walking up to, to Daniel and Marita, because there's such a crowd on hand, he has to throw everybody out of the way as he walks through. And at one point, he pushes a black guy out of the way. <laughs> And the black guy is heard to exclaim, what you doing to the brother (laughs) (laughs) about himself? I don't know how that line made the film. I, for one, was shocked. It just didn't, it seemed a little on the nose for me. Uh, But, but Crease makes his way. He pushes the black guy out of the way. And then he, the racism continues because he's got a score to settle to which he, he exclaims to, uh, Miyagi, beat it slope. Yeah. Cool. That's, that's some serious 1986 racial bomb. Yes. Very, very heavy racial component on, on, on Crease's part. Um, Crease then, then heads over and decides to beat the fuck out of, um, Johnny. Actually, tries to choke him to death in the parking lot uh it's a pretty pretty good move while he's choking johnny he like elbows one of them in the in the chest and punches another one yeah crease doesn't fuck around he's choking he's got um johnny in a rear naked he's obviously studied some jujitsu he's got him he's choking him out and johnny's like turning blue and he's like coughing shit up and he's in serious pain he's 
going to die. And Kreese like knocks out the rest of the Cobra Kai as they come up to try to rescue Johnny. It was a pretty sick move. Um, but then who saves the day? But the, can I point out that this is yeah. the uh, this is the first example of many where um, where blatantly murdering somebody is somehow acceptable <laughs> in the mind of the character, and this it, is just it, the first. The first happens, of many. It happens like seven times in this movie. Yes. Yeah. All, all for ba- very petty reasons. <laughs> murder, murder just seems totally plausible. And there's often a big crowd around, and they're just like, "Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to murder him. Hey, he's gonna murder him. Whatever." And and the reason was because the kid lost a karate tournament. That's exactly right. right. Well, it's about honor, Jason. There's honor involved. Uh, so, so yeah, let's let's also not forget this is gonna hurt Crease's business. I think that was the underlying tone of all this. He's not going to be able to sell any more shirts. Nobody wants to be a Cobra Kai because they got beat in the championship fight. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure he, on the kids. Yeah, even though like, he kicked his ass for pretty much all three minutes. My you know. And his his dojo was like the two or three time reigning champion. And like his guys were all over the podium. Yeah, they didn't take the top spot. But the leaderboard was was Danielson and then loads of Cobra Kai guys. Like, yeah, they did. They didn't do themselves. They didn't shame themselves in their performance that day. They just didn't win the top spot. It's uh, yes. It's it's a, it's a shame that it came. In. It's almost like if some team got hot, kind of like Butler. If Butler would have ended up winning the national championship in basketball, yeah, we know that their conference won the title, but we all we also know that six of the Elite Eight were probably Big East teams. Like it doesn't right. matter. Like, come on, Chris. Or, or Ed's or Ed's favorite school, Duke. Like Duke's always oh. right there at the top with Ed rooting them on. And uh, so, yeah, that's a, that's a good analogy. Uh, so then, so there's a, there's a fight in the parking lot, and it makes sense that this this was shot during the first movie because Bobby still had his center part, and I don't I don't feel like he would have been able to hold that. They call him to, back two years later. Right. Two years later, they're like, Bobby, we got a couple more. We want, we want to have you back for the next movie. We're going to talk to your agent, get the numbers right. But bottom line, we're going to need you to have that center part. And that was, that's probably, he probably wouldn't have been able to cultivate it. Like that was just only a short window that he had that. Um, so yeah, um, Crease is trying to kill Johnny. Miyagi saves him <laughs> by doing a couple like dodge moves. What, what'd you guys think about that? Yeah, that Miyagi the- is really. He he has like a double black belt in um, avoiding slow motion attacks. Yeah, he's he's really much, good at that. This is this is where Segal learned all his moves. Use the uh, use your opponent's momentum against them. Yeah, he loves slow motion attacks. Yeah, and there's some kind of like yeah, some kind ahead. of like foreshadowing um, that 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 move, the pivot move to avoid things, was the signature move of this right. movie. The you know it, which is so much less cool than the crane. I mean, everybody in 1986, 85 was doing the crane in their backyard at school. This is just some kind of stupid pivot maneuver to get out of the way of things. Yeah, it's it was pretty weak. Like the crane in retrospect, the crane also pretty weak. But back then, you could you were younger, you could spend a little disbelief. But even now, even then, looking back, like the whole premise of the movie 
was just based on he had to learn to get out of the way. Just step yes. step to the side a little like twist, pivot a little bit and just let just let him go. I feel like that's would be like the first lesson. <laughs> I don't yeah. fe- I don't feel like you'd need a lot you'd need to know all the other techniques before he finally taught you the secret to hey, just get out of the way. Just like I mean, turn to the side. I, I think the fact that we're breaking down this movie that's based off of a drum is pretty much all you need to know. Yes. <laughs> what we're getting at here. Like it's a fucking drum. It's what yes. the movie is about. Like yes. because there's a drum that goes left right left right left right left right. That's right. That's karate. <laughs> That's it. This is a That's drum it. and sock hop movie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sock hop. Uh, okay, so yeah, he yeah. he he bests crease and everything's fine and then um he's we cut to it's six months later. Wait, Wait hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. He saves the, he, he, he doesn't kill him. That's, this is a, yeah. oh, this is another thing. Point. Yes. This, this is, is another thing. Right. He, I, so he, he has the potential to karate, uh, crease's face to death. No, he, he has, he has the potential to, again, the second example of a many, he has the chance to murder somebody and he <laughs> right. chooses not to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he, and he honks his nose and it's, it's a whole thing. And, but and don't then, don't forget he also reads he basically verbatim recites the lines that Crease teaches his students yes. before he honks his nose, which is just literally Miyagi being total badass and rubbing salt yes. in the wound. Like Insult my kid just beat your guy. Injury. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to embarrass you in front of your guys and honk your nose, which Yeah, and that's the screenwriter doing a copy and paste and just writing yeah. the same. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, I, and again, and, and one of one of many uh, brilliant, uh, bright LaRusso lines, as they're walking away, he says, you could have killed him. And Miyagi says, yes. And he says, why didn't you? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it, was, it was totally plausible that yeah. he would just murder him right there in the parking lot. Like, why didn't you just kill him? <laughs> because, uh, because it's a, a sin and I would get locked up for murder. Yeah, <laughs> and I just even if he hit him like exactly in the right spot, I just don't feel like Miyagi's tiny little hand had the ability. Like he might have broken <laughs> his nose or knocked a couple teeth out or something. I just didn't feel like there was there was murder on the horizon with him. Yeah, like, like maybe if he ran back to his truck and got a handgun or something. But I, I just didn't. I just didn't buy that part. <laughs> Why didn't you murder him? Uh, there were. <laughs> There are a couple telling signs right before the scene ends. One, they're driving home in Miyagi's truck, and he, like, I think about a month before this, or even a couple weeks, he had just given Daniel-san his own yellow truck. Yep. And now he's making Miyagi drive him. And then the warning signs are there for Allie with an eye, because after the biggest event of his life, she wasn't even with him after the tournament. That was kind of weird. Yeah, she was she was there during. I mean, I like she hugged him after, but then she disappeared. Yeah, and by the way, we, think, we skip ahead. No, they mention it. Don't you remember what they yeah, said? No, no. And, yeah. and I think that yeah. that is what um, it kind of uh, puts Carbone's theory or, or whoever you read this from into uh, jeopardy, because obviously Elizabeth Shue um, was turned contractually. She was out of this movie. They didn't want it, anything to do with her. She asked for maybe too much for that cameo. Cocktail, probably. Yeah, he had to go slay the the uh, the Asian woman, so she was going to be written out of the script. But that she, that first ten was, minutes, she could have. She was had. doing 
Yeah, she was doing inv- adventures and babysitting. I mean, she her career yeah. was blowing up. She's the only one that took off out of this cast. Right. So that for them to shoot that scene, I'm guessing at the end of the first movie, she would have had to at least have been in the background, and they would have had to CGI her out. Well, they, I, I think they I think they reshot this scene, Steve. I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive that was the original ending, but it makes a lot I could of be sense. Wrong. It makes could a lot wrong. of sense. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to uh, believe Carbone there. Okay, so can we move on to six months later? Yes. We're done. Okay. okay. We move to six months later. Miyagi's chilling at his house. He's catching flies with chopsticks. That's all he does. And the house is wide open as always. And, uh, and, Daniel pulls up in the stupid yellow car that Miyagi gave him after he fixed it up. And it's, it's all fucked up. Like he's hit, uh, he's hit an abutment or a footing of some sort. The fender's all fucked. It's, it's spewing. It's the radiators fucked. He comes in. He's got, he's got a blue frilly tuxedo on. He's come from a dance or a graduation or something. It's, although it's day. Should have been Just, prom the night before. It's, it's prom. Yeah, it's I'm prom. guessing it's the next morning. Okay. We still got his tuxedo on? Like, he wouldn't yes. change after that? Yeah. Well, we know Allie didn't fuck him. No. Yeah. she's. We find out she's been fucking Troy Aikman. She's like, he's in... Well, he, I, was, I was looking at the 86 UCLA roster. Yeah. Is this Tommy Maddox, maybe? Well, I was thinking... That? No, no, no. I was thinking maybe Flipper Anderson or running back Gaston Green. Oh, Gaston Green. Heisman Trophy candidate. That would That might have been the guy for sure. Right, that's a big step up from Danielson. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she was she was uh, upwardly mobile in that way. She, so we we realize she's out of the scene, and then we find out, and this is interesting because Daniel's mom is a waitress slash Chinese restaurant manager, like not <laughs> really like we we learn in the first movie that computers haven't worked out. You know, she was supposed to work in computers. Didn't that didn't happen? And now we find out she's being transferred to <laughs> Fresno, except that she's a hostess. Like, just yeah. go be a, don't go to Fresno. Just go be a hostess at the place across the street, right? Well, you don't know restaurants that transfer hostesses? <laughs> I just never, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard. Welcome and, to Applebee's. And then, like, all, like, is the MO of every child predator you've ever heard of, they separate. Because... Miyagi's outside and he's building, he's building a room addition to his house out in the backyard. And Danielson, and he's, and of course, what's, what's, what's he got Danielson doing? He immediately ropes him into some manual labor. He's like, here, I got some nails and a hammer and just go ahead and start fucking hammering up this plywood onto the room addition. And then later we learn. He goes, what are you, what are you building the house for? And he's like, a refugee. And he's like, oh, from where? And he's a Fresno. So we learn. Yeah. Daniel son. He's separated. My new rent boy. Yes, exactly. He's going <laughs> to, he's going to not only build his room addition, but he's going to earn his keep, if you will. That, well, I found that a little strange. Did you guys? Yeah. Well, and the whole, what was the whole Miyagi Daniel relationship is, I mean, let's face it. The, the whole thing is strange. Why is Daniel's only male friend in now one full movie and 20 minutes of a second one, a 70 year old janitor, Asian guy who cuts that, trees for a living. Yes, that like is, that's, I mean, come on. 
But what's what was the you know how in like in the first movie, it's pretty cool how the reveal that there's there's like the reason why you do wax on wax off and paint the fence a certain way was a technique. Now he's yeah. just having them hammer nails like weirdly for no reason. Yeah, they, were nail guns not invented? I feel like well, you know, they were. You wouldn't. Nobody hammers like that. Like if yeah. you were on a site and a foreman saw you doing that, you'd have that hammer in your ass. Yeah, he'd be like, "Hurry the fuck up!" Like. <laughs> This isn't a game, buddy. Like, just let's get the nail gun. But Miyagi's a maintenance man. You figure he's got a killer set of tools. Like, he would have a better setup than just pound the fucking nail in with the hammer. I thought that was kind of He's got money. He's got 20 cars. Also, did did any were any of you struck by the weird interaction Miyagi has with a mailman? So this is this is very this, chatty mailman. Yeah, this is the the plot of the movie hinges here. So we find out he doesn't Daniel doesn't have to go to Fresno. And so he's just, they're just hanging. And the mailman's like, hey, the mailman just walks into the backyard. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm the mailman. I got a registered letter for you. And he gives it to Miyagi. And then Miyagi, like, starts opening it. And the mailman just hangs out. And he's like, sweet backyard you got here. Hey, um, mind if I bring my wife over here to check it out? <laughs> like, what? This mail, what kind of mail man is this? You deliver the mail, guy. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not into your cuckolding fantasies. Like just leave, <laughs> leave your wife at home. You don't need to show her my backyard or whatever your plan is. Just sort of a shocking turn there. Well, and Miyagi deals with it perfectly. He just totally ghosts him and just like, look, yes. I'm more into this letter. I, my former slam from years ago <laughs> has just mailed me. Like, go <laughs> yes. away. Dude. Yes. And, 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 then, and Yuki, yes. if dad is dying, maybe it's time to pay up for the phone call. This is, this, this is mailing so, a letter from Okinawa. So much of this movie could have been cleared up with one, maybe two phone calls. Like, the, everything <laughs> that this movie hinges upon is that, no, that in 45 years, nobody ever picked up the fucking phone. Uh, so yeah, he's he, Miyagi is told in a letter from his ex love that his father is dying, which it would have taken maybe a week back then to get a letter airmail from Japan. I, the the old man could have been dead by then. Yeah, no, I, maybe even more than a week. Like it, it's <laughs> yes. just it's astounding. But then again, I guess in 1986, you know, we didn't think about this stuff because of what we're living in now. But yeah, back then. <laughs> We, we just phones? took it at face value. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. No, yeah, we did have phones. This wasn't Easily. the 1840s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was no email. There was no, you couldn't tweet. Text. Like, it wasn't yeah. instant. You could but call. there was, the, Kumiko, I mean, uh, what's her, uh, Yukie couldn't, she couldn't snap. She couldn't snap <laughs> uh, Pat Morita and be like, hey, quick, quick one here. Dad's dying. Look at, <laughs> yes. look at his face. He's on the bed. He's sick. <laughs> He didn't get any notifications. Yes. Yeah. Very with, weird. The, with the, uh, with the, uh, rabbit ear filter on top of it. <laughs> Here, look at your dad, Daniel. Or so, so da- then Daniel rolls with Miyagi to get a passport. And there's a long ass line. Like they're lined up to get a passport. And Miyagi tells some convoluted story about his boy Sato and why he left Okinawa. <laughs> Which completely wipes out that whole drunken scene from the first Karate Kid with the dead wife and the internment camp. This, this, that's sort of the elephant in the room for those of us that are familiar with the first movie is the whole thing was that he lost his beloved wife, like the love of his life 
the woman that was so important to him. And that's why he was the way he was. Cause he just is constantly mourning her. But Oh, by the way, there's actually some other chick that I like better that I, and that he I loved left Okinawa first. right before world war two. Yes. And then the internment camp. So like, <laughs> he had moved on and like within six months had yeah. married and knocked yeah. up the new, new chick. <laughs> so let's, so let's, so, so let's recap. Let's recap. Yeah. Uh, the, the reason why uh karate kid, the first karate kid resonated with so many people. It resonated with us males because it was karate and kicking ass and, and testosterone. But I think it resonated with the most of the world because of the love story uh, with Elizabeth Shue. And then I guess in turn, the love story with Miyagi and his wife. And in the first 15 minutes, those are completely thrown into the fucking yeah. trash. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Garbage. Yeah. Those are gone. Uh, so then Miyagi's bouncing. He's heading. He's like, "Hey, sorry about the whole. Fre- you know, you're gonna have to fuck off to Fresno with your mom. Like, maybe you get a job picking cantaloupes or something for the summer. I don't really care. I'm going to Okinawa." And Miyagi heads out for the airport. But it's like he's Danielson is supposed to like say goodbye to him. And he never shows up. And Miyagi's sitting there with the cab. He's taking a cab to the airport. Like. He gave you a fucking car, dickhead. You couldn't give him a ride to the airport. You don't, yeah. can't even call again. There's, there's no phones in this in 1986 in Reseda. He gave you a car, then fixed it. You definitely it's, could give him a ride to the airport. Yes, totally. So Miyagi's like, well, that sucks. He bounces, he bounces in the cab, heads to the airport. He's walking on to the gate. Yeah, of the super plane. lax security back then. Yeah, he's on, yes, different time. He's on the jet. Yeah. He's on the jetway, handing over his ticket when fucking Daniel runs up and he's like, "Hey, is it cool if I go with you?" Kind of weird, right? Well, oh, actually, weird absolutely. for the whole security issues, but yeah, weird nonetheless because oh. he's going to blow his college money on on a fucking ticket. Well, he's he's already bought a ticket. A two. When did he get his fucking passport? We just made a whole thing about uh, about Miyagi getting his passport. <laughs> it was the day before, and he was, mentioned he had never been on a plane before. Yeah, how? Did, how he's he like drove across country. Traveler. He's never been on a yes. plane. Crazy, just actually shocking. Then, so eventually, it's you know they decide. Okay, yeah, I'm coming with you. I'm gonna spend my college fun. Why not? Let's go. And then Daniel's fucking. Miyagi's trying to get some sleep on the plane and all day. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I think we glossed over one of my notes here. Uh, One of my notes here, we glossed over it. So, so Miyagi is trying to talk him out of going and no, there's no need to go. Don't spend your savings going with me. Um, And then the, uh, the air waitress says to uh, Danielson, um, okay, we're boarding the plane now, sir. And you little boy, you have to go now. Yeah, get the, the kid fuck is, out of the, here. The kid is standing there with a fucking ticket to get on the plane. <laughs> I it's thought your, that was it's a your weird. job. It's your job to accept yeah. tickets and let yeah. people on the plane. Why did he have to go now? I thought that was a little weird myself. That's a good point, Jason. He was he was clearly there to board the plane, and she's with like, "Hey, kid, yeah. beat it." Yeah, he had a ticket in his hand. Yes, that was <laughs> that was a little weird. Uh, yeah, on the red eye, he's not just bothering Miyagi. He doesn't even know how to fucking whisper. Yeah, <laughs> he's even a loud page turner. Like, shut yes. the fuck up, Daniel. Oh, oh, all he wants to say, hey, where's your village? Like, just fucking yeah, calm where, down. Where do you get a book that just says Okinawa on yes. the cover? That's all. It's just <laughs> yes. Okinawa. That's it. Like, really? There's a book with Okinawa on it. 
<laughs> I think it, I really do think that uh, that was a Barnes and Noble bestseller when you wa- <laughs> when you walked into the store in 1986. That was one of the first books you saw, Okinawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess because the movie, it took everyone wanted to know about where Miyagi was from. And, we heard. And, and by the way, I, I kept anticipating a massive deal with the reveal of his of his village. Uh, Daniel asked him three times why it's not on the map, and then I think yes. there's another reference to how how. Uh, how odd that this the city isn't on the map or whatever. There never was a reveal. Like that was that was just some kind of plot point that went nowhere. No, no. We find out that it was encroached upon by the United States Marine base. That's, that's it. That's the point. Is the, yeah. So they show up to Okinawa, and some greasers from the fifties pick them up, and it turns out <laughs> it's fucking it's Sato's nephew, and Sato showing off that chest. Yeah, he's got his chest out. He's got a sick collection of gold chains. He's got some medallions. I'm not saying I'm not jealous. But for some reason, Sato is a rich motherfucker. And he's driven around in some old jalopy. I didn't. I, it's very confusing that they couldn't have any new technology, but when it's clearly shown that Sato is rich as fuck. Uh, so he gets the, the get picked up. By Sato's nephew, who does that thing that they do in movies. First of all, in movies, they're just like, they're like, oh, yeah, fuck. Like, I know your uncle wants to kill me, but I'll just jump in. Like, why not? And they're acting kind of weird. Like, the um, Sato's nephew does like a real weird, sort of slightly gay handshake to Daniel's son. He like tries to break his hand, like, like old men always try to do. You ever shake an old guy's hand and they always have to fucking shake your hand real hard just to like kind of let you know that they still got it? Yeah, well, this well, guy Adrian does Peterson it. does that too. Yeah, then they then they drive you to they drive them to some uh, abandoned warehouse. It looks like, but you can see it says like Sato on the on the building. Like you're, they're letting you know this Sato is a rich motherfucker. And they they roll up and they just like throw their luggage on the ground. And all of a sudden, these guys are being huge dicks. The the greasers. And then Sato rolls out and he's like, um, what's he say? He's like, fuck off, Miyagi, you ba- you have no honor, you're a coward, you bounce you out here. Coward. Yeah, you coward. And uh and he basically says, Hey, I wanna fight you. I know your dad's dying, but look, we're gonna have to fight. Like it's all, all about how he wants to fight. Uh and then they those guys bounce and they gotta catch a cab or whatever. They head to the village and that's when we learn they're like they're like on the base. The cab's like, I don't know where the fuck this village is. And they're like although Okinawa, not that big. I feel like the cab driver would know. And so they pull up to the base and there's like a base guard there. And for some reason he's dressed like an army man from Vietnam era, but he's like, fuck, I don't know. Like, I don't know where the hey, you guys heard of this village? And the guy's like, Oh yeah, down the road. And it's literally like 60 yards away from where he's standing. Like he's like, I've never heard of this. What place are you talking about? And the cab just d- drives to the end of a chain link fence. And the yeah, fucking the village is right in front of you. Yeah. There's no other direction. Like it's, you're right at the village. The whole point is the base has encroached on the village and there's a lot of helicopter activity. Yeah, there's like a lot of shit going at on the, at the top of a cul-de-sac. They're like, I don't know where to go. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah right there that's the only no, place you can go for some reason it's like the they're in okinawa but it's the fall of saigon like there's guys pushing <laughs> they're actually pushing helicopters into the into the sea like it's just like a lot of a lot of action that you could just let a cab just like drive right through oh yeah just go on by 
you definitely got the you, you got the sense that like give me shelter by the stones was yeah. about to play and there was going to be a slow <laughs> motion and a bunch of uh agent orange or whatever the hell they were dropping on those guys but right. let me can i can i give a little bit of a uh a little bit of a, a a review on the the uh actor who plays the younger villain so there's two villains there's yeah, sato and then there's his, his nephew. chosen chosen uh, Chosen, he's called, right? Yeah. His name is Chosen? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I MTB'd this guy. Um, well, first he's of all, from Better Off Dead, the best part in that movie. Yeah. First of all, I, I think he may have uh, put on the worst performance by any villain in any movie, and that says really? a lot. Just he's terrible a, acting. He's an awful acting. Yeah. Wow. Awful but he's, acting. He does a good Howard Cosell impression in Better Off Dead. He does. Okay. So One he doesn't mom. carry it through to this movie. He has done a ton of work. Maybe one of the most impressive IMDb uh, credits I've ever seen. He's probably done a thousand jobs. Wow. And to think that it was all kind of based on this just awful performance. I mean, he. It, yeah, this was like, like the third credit or something, fourth it's, it's credit. Like, it's like a villain, a, a villain trying to be the caricature villain. Every oh, single yeah. line is, off, is melodramatic. And fucking terrible, and this guy has had a lifetime of work. Uh, it's really, it is really impressive. Aloha Summer, Pearl Harbor, Truman Show, basically anywhere they need an Asian guy. TJ Hooker, Knott's Landing, Bones. I'm not convinced Bones is a real show, by the way. Better Off Dead, Real Genius. Uh, yeah, well, believer. they definitely needed some Asians in that movie. <laughs> I mean, this dude has Big Mama's House, The Crow. Yeah, he, he's, has, he's been in just about everything. Yeah, he's he's worked a lot throughout, but he's he's especially terrible in this movie. This, this should have been his. This should have been his Waterloo. This should have been the end of his career. Yes, no more after this. Step. I would agree with that. Um, so, okay, so where'd we? Li- oh, so they head back. They fu- they make their way to Miyagi's village and they cruise in. And this whole fucking time, Miyagi's been gone like a dick, living in L.A., getting married, <laughs> fighting in World War II, like do like being a handyman. You think all those boring ass years taking care of apartments in Reseda, he might think. I wonder, I wonder what my dad's up to. Maybe <laughs> the guy who taught me everything I know. Yeah, the guy I love more than anything in the world. I haven't seen him for. Maybe I just call him. I just call and see yep. what he's up to. Wonder what Not he's doing today. A letter. Well, by the time he gets there, his dad's getting the fucking Arthur Digby Sellers treatment. He's just laying there just about to die in on the floor of his house. And meanwhile, he's being cared for by Yuki, Miyagi's one true love. Like, everybody he loves has been hanging out together this whole time while he's just fucking fixing faucets and unplugging toilets in Reseda. It's crazy. <laughs> and how about how he's... uh he, when he's entering, he has to tell Danielson to take off his shoes. Danielson just read like a two thousand page book <laughs> on fucking Japanese culture in Okinawa. He doesn't know to take off his goddamn shoes. <laughs> also, he basically lives at Miyagi's house, and I'm sure the rules are the same at Miyagi's. Like Miyagi's has a full on Okinawan style villa. Like that's I, I assume you take off your shoes there too. Of course. Um. So yeah, he's. Miyagi reencounters Yuki, his chick. You know, they they hang out. The dad's dying, and then the next day, um, 
Miyagi's like in his dojo. Like Danielson wakes up and he's like walking around. Da- can we talk about how Danielson dresses? He, yeah, he he. Well, I mean, up. that's that's prevalent throughout all three well, he, movies. He loves those high waisted jeans. Yeah, high waisted jeans, running sh- running shoes, and awful shirts, rayon yes. shirts. Terrible. So he wakes up and he's got he's got like slacks on, pulled up real high for some reason, <laughs> and he's just wandering around the premises. And then he encounters um, Miyagi do working out in the dojo. And let's, I'm just gonna just go out on a limb here. I don't think uh, Miyagi, based on his level of fitness, is doing karate on the regs. No, he's doing tai chi right here. That's not that's not yeah. karate. Yeah, he's he's in there. He's like getting a little workout, doing some tai chi, and he then he kind of explains. He's like, these are the rules of karate on the wall, and he makes some jokes. Uh, rule number two, uh, refer to remember rule number one, like that whole thing. It's a whole thing, and this is whole families there, but then. We get a little foreshadowing because he shows him the drum. Oh, the drum. And he's got, he's like, oh, this key to all karate, this, this family secret karate. And he like shows him, it's the spinny drum. And he like shows him. And Daniel is such a fucking idiot where he's like so possessed. He's like, oh, what? It's like, it's like he was showing a fucking caveman the iPhone. He's just like, what is this? It's this drum that you see? And you spin it back and forth. It's the kind of thing that you would give to an 18 month old baby and it would look at it That's for right. one second and throw it down on the ground and go play with something else. But it yeah. was, it was the most shocked a, an actor uh, character has, has uh, reacted in a movie since Sly Stallone saw the phone on the robot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what well, it also foreshadows, you're saying Daniel's obsessed with this stupid drum. Right. It also kind of foreshadows the third movie where Daniel is obsessed with a fucking tree. Like the third movie revolves around the fact that Miyagi brought a tree over from Okinawa that Daniel like literally loves like a child. There is ruins it. Horticulture is Mike Barnes did, but yeah. Horticulture is a running theme in this movie. Like, Miyagi enables his first pedophilia mission with Daniel by, hey, trim the fuck out of this tree. Like, just cut it. Like, cut it into a shape or whatever. And they act like it's a real, oh, you just feel like a picture what it looks like. Then in this movie, I don't want to, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but there's a lot of, like, they, they fucked up our garden. They like, we gotta, we gotta deal with this. Like this, it's gone too far. Like the, yeah, the extras in this movie are amazing. All these people with like hose in yes, their garden yes. and rice picker hats. There's, like it's, it's pretty crazy. When, I, ob- when- I, I obviously missed why the village was off the map. I, I missed that part of the plot line. Did I also miss this explanation? Um, whose uh, garden are these people ruining is that Miyagi's like home it's from forty five years ago? Yes, Why was it such village. a big deal? It's his village, and it's I guess apparently they live sort of communally there. So, so when like, so that when they're busting up the plants and all that crap, yes, are they busting the up his, his his father's plants or? I, I thought it was like a community garden. It's everybody's. It's everybody's plants. It's the whole village. Oh, the village okay. has a hoe. Yeah, okay. that's all. That's the only tool they have. And I'll I'll just be honest, like. There's like three rows of onions growing there. Like I don't really think that's enough to. The feed village will survive. Come on, hundreds of. You people. know, there's no fish there. 
Yeah. Yeah, we learned about the fish. Sato fucked up all the fish, but there's, there's, I, I just don't feel like those three rows of chives <laughs> that are going in that, that, that are being hoed. I don't feel like that everyone's surviving on that. I'm just, that's just a guess. And I just, I, I just, um, basically came to this conclusion myself. I think the reason why I'm foggy on the plot lines is because it's a fucking boring movie. Like it's, the, <laughs> I, I, I would say that, um, you know, half the time spent in the first hour and 10 minutes is on some uninteresting Miyagi plot, some uninteresting uh, love angle with him and the girl. Yeah. I am shocked that this movie pulled in so much money. I, it, and just by it's how boring this is. It's really just terrible. ridiculously yeah. awful. It's awful. I'm, I'm really bummed that the listeners of this podcast forced us to review it because it sucked. <laughs> it, it ruined like most of my Sunday. Uh, so then they're at their, so they're chilling in the village and Sato rolls by and he's like, Miyagi! I'm here to murder you. And it's like, and he's in a suit. Yeah. He's all, he does all his fighting in suits. He's like, I'm here. He's like, let me take my jacket off. I'm just time for me to kill you. And, <laughs> and, but then all of a sudden Yuki runs out and she's like, hold up. I, but how he's going to kill him. He's getting ready for another slow motion punch at Miyagi, which he yeah. could easily dodge. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's his, that's his number one skill. He's got the drum technique, but then Yuki cruises out and she's like, hold up. Like, don't kill him just straight away because Miyagi's dad's right. dying. And Miyagi's dad, we've learned earlier, is also Sato's teacher. Like he's yeah. the great, he's the sensei to both. He's the crease. He's their crease. Yeah. Come on in. Dad's button on 18. This yeah. Is it. He's, he's like, he's about to breathe his last breath, but with his last energy, he brings their hands together. Um, like Bob Marley at the Smile Jamaica concert in 1977. And they, uh, and, but then he, then he died. And then he's like, uh, like does like a full die scene. <laughs> and, and then quickly Sato and Miyagi are like, Oh, this is fucking gay. And they like pull their hands up, like, Oh my God, pull the hands. And they, so they whip their hands apart, um, quickly. And then, but then Sato, he's a pretty chill dude. He's like, look, your father die. I give you three days. And then I come back. I kill you in three days. Yeah. That, are you supposed to leave then? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, like, like you, like you doing, is, like you doing that impression, Brian, was yeah. like uh, over the top, bordering, borderline racist impression no, of like. an Asian guy. That's what he sounds that, like. That I'm is how the Sato. Asian actors in this, right. these movies act. They're yeah. they're yeah. over the top Asian guy. That's what they do. It's ridiculous. So Ed, but Ed makes a good point. Sato's like, I come back. Three days, you got three yes. days to mourn, then I'm going to fucking kill you. And this Miyagi, what do we know about Miyagi? Last time he was supposed to fight Sato, he bounced and didn't come he back for four years. took off for like four decades. Yeah. So if, if you've got 72 <laughs> hours before Sato rolls back to kill you, how about you just leave in like 71 hours? And like, right. just hang out for, bury him, whatever, get his affairs in order. Then and then just leave. <laughs> yes, just get the fuck out of there. Uh, so they have the funeral, and then Daniel does a thing where he, I guess Daniel's dad is dead. Did we learn that in the first movie? I don't remember. Well, he just wasn't part of the picture. Never heard. No, we never hear anything about yeah. his dad in the first one, just the mother. Yeah. yeah. So he's comforting he's, words from Daniel. Yeah. He's like, look, he's like, your dad yeah. died. And, and he's like, when I, uh, when I was my dad, pretty guilty for being a shitty son, but yeah. not as shitty as you. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I, uh, you know, I felt bad about my dad, my dad dying. And then I realized that I, he was just should have been stoked to even know me. 
Like I was fucking there. Like what's, what am I bummed about? Like he got to know me and that fucking was probably great for him. So yeah, he said stuff like, I wish it wasn't there enough. Like you're talking to a guy who just left his dad for a half century. Yeah. I, re- I remember specifically thinking as Daniel was telling uh, that touching story to Miyagi about his dad, I remember specifically feeling how pissed off I was at how boring this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So then they're like hanging out and they go over to the cannery. That's where um, we learned that Miyagi took Yuki on their very first date to a fucking cannery. Like to talk about, there's nothing to do on Okinawa. Let's not like he works there and it fucking smells like fish and there's fish guts everywhere and it's all dirty and there's nowhere to sit down and it's dangerous. Let's go on a date. Like how about we go on a date and just go to the cannery and get scales all over us. You want to smell dead fish? (laughs) <laughs> so they they roll out to the cannery and then this is where we get a little more foreshadowing on the drum technique because yeah, his dad just died like 12 hours earlier hours. and yeah. he's back to like his girl friday banter with daniel-san at yeah, the camp. They, like you figure they would have had a lot to do like with the burying and the funeral arrangements and the like tending to the garden and all that stuff but no they're at the cannery and this is this is where miyagi shows he's like hey if you drop one of these Clearly OSHA not involved at this cannery because there's just hanging things with giant spikes on them that could just fucking pierce your skull if they got loose. And he's and Miyagi just pulls a rope quickly and one of them comes shooting at him and he just fucking turns to the side and it's like thunk and sticks in the wall. And he's like, uh, drum technique, Daniel. And he's and then he utters the phrase, a father say, use drum technique only as a last resort. You mean just <laughs> Otherwise, Turn. just stand in the way of his punches. Like you don't, yeah. you don't get out of the way. Like you're not allowed to get out of the way because that's all I'm seeing you doing. If things are looking dire, pivot. Yes. Turn, Turn yeah. to either your left or right. Um, it did. Okay. It did rip yeah. his shirt though, so that put a lot of fear into Daniel. Like his shirt got well, ripped by this. Well, he's real stupid. The first time he lets it go, he has to fucking dive off the side, and then he's like, "Oh no, now I got this." And then yeah, I got he, it. Yeah, he he tries it, and it almost fucking pierces his kidney. Like for some yeah, reason, this is literally like Freddy Krueger hand going right through your gut if he doesn't move at the at the exact time. And right, the second time, if anything, he's going to dive too early. He's not going to let us get closer to him. Yes, exactly. He's like Derek Zoolander. He can't go left. He's only he only can dodge to one side apparently. Um. So and then it just gets real boring after this. Like, um, (laughs) chosen is like they're really rich, but they're nickel and diamond people for their carrots at the village (laughs) at the village market. Like he's in construction and he's hoping to make like a, like a you know a quarter yen on a fucking carrot. It's it's a little weird because I go I go I buy carrots and it's you can buy like forty pounds of carrots for like a dollar and he's like nickel and diamond and he's like I don't know so he's got like fake weights involved. It's just a odd scam that he's got going. Um, and then can oh, we talk about why yeah. and. Again, I, it was really tough to fight through the boredom on this, but this terrible why, movie. It's why exactly? I mean, I, I obviously see why they needed chosen for they needed. This is what they, this is this is what this movie is. It's Miyagi settles some love story, unfinished business, and with a former friend uh, become foe, he settles that. That's 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 the the main plot. 
but because Spoiler they dragged alert. because they dragged along a 19 year old they had to provide a 19 year old villain and they had to yeah. provide a 19 year old woman it's like they had they had to do both of these but why exactly did chosen dislike daniel like what was his big gripe with daniel fucked it's, up my carrot racket yeah it's a good point he well he's just sadistic like it's I mean, he also same. like really loves that uncle yeah, he's really tight with Sato, and I think he feels like he's gonna he's gonna move in to the family business. So one, he just likes tormenting people. It probably gets pretty boring. He lives on an island, you know. Like, there's I, only I just I just never bought his hatred for Daniel because I ne- I just never was, saw yeah. why that was. It was well, because his uncle hated because his uncle hated Miyagi, and if Miyagi's yeah. gonna bring around their little pissant nineteen year old <laughs> wussy. He's got to have. He's going to have to have a nemesis. He can't just be friends with that guy because his uncle hates Miyagi. So and it brings this little punk to the island. Like, who the fuck are you? Why are yeah. you here? You and know, if you were I, confined I to, to an eighth of a mile surrounded by a chain link fence and U.S. Marines, you'd probably be pretty bitter about shit. He's got no action on that island. He's got nothing to do there. No, I mean, it's he's, boring. The, he's all the cars chosen. are old. Yeah, he's he's chosen. And here's the other thing. What's to like about Daniel? He's a fucking whiny Nothing. little bitch. He reads about Okinawa. He's annoying. The he dresses like jeans. Yeah. Like everything about him sucks. I could see why, but like <laughs> you get why the Cobra Kai hated him. Like he's a douche. Like you come to our school, you fuck up our joints, you trip Bobby <laughs> on the soccer field. Like it's a whole thing. Like it's, it's, he's a really unlikable person. This and how about I, think, the, I think word got back to Okinawa, what Daniel was doing in Reseda. <laughs> and that's why I chose right. just had a fucking hard on for him. Like, look, I, I already don't like you. I heard what you did at the soccer field. And and like, yeah. You had a stupid so telegram. Classroom. It was like it, 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 in forty-five years, uh, it, the information that that this with its love interest never got married, never got back to Reseda, but the information that Daniel said it was a giant pussy got back to Okinawa pretty quick. Yeah, it's well, you could just smell it on. And him. it's invisible by looking at him. Yeah, you you wouldn't even. Those high-waisted jeans tell you all you need yeah, to know. You see him get off the plane, and you're like, "Who the fuck is this douche?" <laughs> like you, you could just see it coming. We saw everybody on that island. Daniel sticks out because yeah. he is not like the rest. No. So and how about this? Immediately hateable. He's worse, yes. How about yes, this? Miyagi, it, it, that Daniel's yeah. son is Miyagi's, um, what do you student. call it? Underling. Student. Yeah, student, yeah. right? And by the way, that's a horrible representation of Miyagi. Like, Daniel, Daniel yep. sucks at fighting. I mean, he's really, he really good does. at getting his ass yep. kicked yep. until until some pivotal point in a movie. But up until that point, he spends two hours getting his ass kicked. Until That's not Miyagi a very good starts student. playing a drum. Yeah, he's either and Miyagi bails him out of everything. Yeah, he's got to either play a drum or fucking lay hands on him or teach or or karate chop bottles or do some shit. Like it's all about Miyagi. He's always saving Daniel's ass. Uh, so then, then Daniel strikes up a little thing with Kimiko. Where are we at on Kimiko? I'm not into Asian chicks. But I, 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 She's a little gummy. Big yeah. Okay. Here's here's where I'm going to step in and blow your minds here. <laughs> okay. Because right. I did some research on this because she looked familiar in a show that I used to watch, and then I googled her. Yes. So her name is Tamlin Tomita, and she Karate Kid Two was her first credit on IMDb. Tamlin Tomita, born January 27, 1966. In Okinawa, Japan. Whoa, like, they, they, they not got a local. They got a local. Like, <laughs> hey, we're filming a movie 
even though we filmed in Hawaii, we call it Okinawa. We want someone from Okinawa to be part of this because we feel it brings some realness to it. And there she was, Tamlin Tomita, first acting gig on her IMDb page. Allow me, allow, allow me to give you a little bit of uh, behind the scenes information. As a SAG okay. member, I might be giving up too much, but um, when when I shot my projects in Canada, it was required by the Canadian yeah. government that the that the producers had to cast a certain percentage of Canadians. I guarantee, and I'm guessing they shot this on location. I don't know, maybe not. It was, it was I guarantee they they needed they had to fill a quota of Okinawans. So this, I this is like uh, Home Alone two shooting in one of the Trumps buildings. So they had to put Trump in there. Right. That's exactly <laughs> right. I know they have the same rules in Australia. Uh, do you guys remember the um, the Tarantino? It was. Four directors, each directed a different segment. Yeah. The movie four was rooms. Four yeah. rooms. Richard yep. Rodriguez. Yeah, she was. She was. She was in it. In the Richard Rodriguez Robert. produced one where they find that Robert Rodriguez, where they find the dead hooker in the bed. She mm. was Antonio Banderas's wife in that. She's pretty hot. Like I don't. I'm not loving her um, then, but I love her in the. Or I like her. You know, I'm not into Asian chicks. I, I made that clear. Well, I think but she she was going through a little awkwardness, and yeah, then the young. styles were really bad here. Well, that's she, had, she had very high waisted pants yeah. that she wore, like, <laughs> literally, literally tied right under her boobs. She had a she had a big bun, like a big like poof of hair that was tied in the back, and with like tons of flyaway hairs always fl- flopping around her face, yeah. and like a bunch of frizz around her face. Was did they not have budget for a hair person on set? Are there no blow dryers in Okinawa? No brushes? What was the deal with her hair? Why was it always in her face? I thought that was kind of weird. Could we bring up the fact too that juxtaposed against one of the hottest teenage actresses of the eighties? I don't think anyone had a, a fighting chance it, to be the next love interest of yeah. Daniel after Elizabeth Shue. And she was kinda, thick as fuck. It kind of reminds me of, uh, I think uh, Katie Holmes did not sign up for the last couple uh, Batman movies with Chris. Gyllenhaal took it. Yeah, that guy Gyllenhaal, um, which because, is, I think is J- Jake Gyllenhaal's brother, played the, the Katie oh, Holmes that's part. Because she, uh, uh, she got married to Tom Cruise and he put a kibosh on it. He's like, just, nah, it, none it's of these It's just Batmans. not fair. It's yeah. not fair. No, it's not. Because this is this Maggie Gyllenhaal, like, let's be honest, not attractive. Yeah, agreed. That's agreed. <laughs> uh, okay, so she's in her fifties these days, anyway. Tamlin Tomita, but not bad looking. Uh, okay. It was good, good research on that Carbone, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. Uh, that was big for me. I was waiting for this moment that yeah, she was it came through born in Okinawa. Yeah, could I could I deliver the punchline that Brian stepped on? Uh, so, so you need to have a certain quota if you're going to shoot on location, right? Um, as evident, the, one of the first examples of this was that George Lucas had to have a certain number of Tatooines uh, to shoot on Tatooine. Mm. We went back gotcha. for that, huh? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I was kind of feeling bad for a second. I'm like, oh, Jason's going for a joke, and I, I ruined it. Then he went, and then then he went was, there. And then, then you stop the show and you're like, hey, let's go back to that thing I was going to say. And then that was the thing you said. Wow. That's great. Uh, so Daniel. Could you, and- could, you, could you clean that up in post, Brian? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, maybe add like together. a Rex sound effect. So, D- Daniel and Kumiko, they go on a date 
and I can't remember what they did. Is this they go? This they, is oh, where she gives like a lot of exposition the- on Sato ruining the island. Yeah. Yeah, and they and they go they go to that very this is b- before CGI. They go to that very realistic looking um uh uh, uh is it like a castle? They yeah, go like, like down cliffs. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like it's like basically somebody just stuck a picture on the actual film of the movie and it looks so fake. Meanwhile, Miyagi is off with Yuki at his wife beater. Like he's just boning like crazy. No, yeah, they're they're fucking for sure. They're, they've rekindled the thing. He has uh, forty five years of pent up yeah. sexual frustration no, with Kumiko. He was, he was married. Yeah, except for the no, like, no, no. We're supposed to forget about that. Married. Forget yeah, that. I'm talking about just the Kumiko sexual frustration. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, or Yuki. I keep calling her Kumiko. Yuki. Yeah, yeah. Kumiko S- is Daniel's slam. Yeah. Um, so then they're cruising around the town and the town. Wait, hold on is a sec. Hold on a sec. We gotta go shitty. back to the castle, guys. We gotta go oh, back yeah. to the castle. So, um, so you know, I always found it uh, interesting to see how '80s movies tried to, you know, in a, a short amount of time, show people falling in love. And there was always, you know, a lot of times it was always a cliched. They're on the beach, and he starts to chase her, and she like gets scared and runs yeah. away. Like, what yeah. are you gonna? What is he gonna do to you if he gets to you? And and then, but in this in this particular incident, um, she they were gonna race to the castle. And yeah. he, he said, uh, should I give you a head start? And she says, no. And then she takes off. And what was his reaction? Oh, wait a minute. What are you doing? <laughs> That's true love, Jason. Well, ten, was- ten seconds ago, you were willing to give her a head start. Why are you offended that she took off soon? Well, it's a little weird where he's like, on, they're on a date and he's like, got her to a secluded place. Like, there's yeah, let's definitely- go race. Yeah, you could get a makeout going, and he's like, "Hey, want to have a foot race? While we're here, like, let's have a foot race and run." Like, what the fuck was that? This guy's got no game. Uh, so they end up in the town. They're cruising through the town, and, and he's and like, then this is like, all right, let's let's add another Asian actor. They're approached by B D Wong. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was kind of interesting. Yeah, coming to the dance tonight, that right. guy. Yes, yeah. he, yeah. he had <laughs> one. He had he's one line in this us. movie. Yeah, yeah. He had one line. That was it. Bring was your cool. friend. It was, it was early VD Wong. So they're like, they're like walking through the town and Daniel San's like, Hey, is that Sato's dojo? And then you look over and it's like, there's like 40 signs with like arrows that are like Sato's dojo all in English karate taught here by Sato. Look in here. This is where Sato has his karate studio right here. at Sato's dojo. And speaking and, of English, yeah, yeah. all the Japanese people talk in in English to each other in this it's movie, weird. yeah, and like I think actually it would add to it if like he was he didn't understand what they were talking about. Like they could have added some of that. Instead, everyone just talked like bad English to each other. <laughs> no, no budget for subtitles. I think so. They go they go and check out, and there's um, chosen is like teaching karate. Little it's weird. just like the scene from the first one. Right. It's like, it's like crease. It's a little weird. Yeah. He's like teeing off on all the students, kicking their ass and all of his karate students, white guys. <laughs> Nothing. There's not a single Asian guy in his karate class. 100% white dudes who he's <laughs> kicking the shit out of guys that just, they're like, Hey, it's, I got to follow my dream. It's my life's mission. I'm going to Okinawa to f- study karate under Sato's nephew. That's all I've ever wanted to do. 
Okay. Uh, I was going to bring this yes. up later, but might as well bring it up now since we just got to the first point of of Chosen being a student and kicking all of his yeah, students' asses. Yes. Johnny Lawrence versus Chosen. Who wins? Well, Chosen seemed like badass, but he rolled over quickest, uh, I think. Yeah, but Chosen is a fucking sadist. Like, yeah, he doesn't help out in typhoons, but he <laughs> like he does try to stab people to death and cut That's throats. That's true. He puts, you're right. He puts Johnny was a huge pussy. Like, when Kreese tells him to sweep the leg, he's like, he like starts to whimper. Like yeah, you're true. you're doing karate, you fucking can't kick somebody in the leg. Now, if we're talking Bobby or Dutch, then we're talking about a fight. That's a real fucking fight to the death because those guys are monsters, and they if they haven't already at that point, at some point in their life, they ended up killing somebody. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. But yeah, to- I, I agree. I think chosen. I think chosen wipes the floor with Johnny. However. If we are going to bring a third one into this and we bring in Mike Barnes, I think Mike Barnes is oh, one, yeah, of the un- bad boy. Yeah. Bad boy. one of the more <laughs> underrated villains we've ever had, especially in this franchise. Because he's, he's playing for keeps. I've never yeah. seen Karate, Karate Kid Part 3. Yeah, you might have to a, do it's next. It's got a magazine. That, oh, that's you, need awesome. to watch. you haven't watched Karate Kid 3, Brian? No, I've never oh. seen it. It's oh. about bonsai trees. So badass! You so gotta cool. watch it. Wait till you see what happens. So so just just to... Like, give me the the ten second uh, summary. So, if the first movie was iconic, um, you know, groundbreaking, and takes place over here, and everyone's relating to the LA scene, the second one is one of the most boring, god awful movies I've ever sat through. What's the third one? What the, what's the payoff? The third one is Crease wants to get hit. Like Crease's old Vietnam buddy wants to get his mojo back. Yeah. And they somehow convince Daniel that he needs to defend his title. Yeah, and, it's awesome. And in the meantime, uh, Miyagi opens up a bonsai tree shop in L.A. <laughs> because because of Daniel. It wasn't Miyagi's idea. Daniel said, this is your dream. I want to buy it for you. I don't want to go to college. I'm right, using yeah. my college money to oh, open up insane. a bonsai oh, tree store for you. And by that. the way, no, it's, and by it's the way I want to... And also, by the way, I want to defend my title because the rule states the defending champion only has to fight in the final fight. Isn't that great? I don't want to fight anybody else. Just the champion. You know who he has to fight against? Karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes. Karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes. (laughs) Okay, let's give... Yes. But here's here's the other thing. By the way... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, we have another great cameo in Karate Kid 3 when Barnes signs up with Crease's underling and uh, former teacher, whatever, mentor, student. And uh, he assigns Mike Barnes two little, two goons. One of the guys' name is Snake. Don't know what the other guy's name is. He was irrelevant. That follow, follow Mike Barnes around, and they're like the three bad boys that pick on Daniel the whole, the whole movie. The guy Snake, played by John Avlidson's son. Uh, who gets cast in his movies? Nepotism, not nepotism cool. at its finest. Absolutely. He gets to play overacting at its finest. Oh, to- oh yeah, <laughs> and he's a total overactor. But it's a really good. Like the first two are just like, hey, karate, win at the end, all this stuff. This one has like a very darker theme yeah, to it sadistic. because basically, it they really they trick Daniel. Miyagi seems to know about this the whole time. It doesn't bother to tell Daniel. We'll, we'll but- do a third. We'll do a third one. Don't, yeah, don't give no, up too much. It, you gotta watch it. It's great. Okay. You'll yeah, I. We'll see. It's, yeah. 
Um, so they're on they're on their date and they they check out the dojo and they're like still in the town and he and Daniel of course like the fuckwit that he is is like hey what's this place and it's like some seedy bar and American military bar yeah and she's like oh no don't go in there that's a bad place it's a bad place and he's like nah fuck it I'm going in let's check it out and uh, he goes in there and it's like. It's meant to be like the bar from the end of the Deer Hunter where Christopher Walken's playing Russian roulette and it's like fucking real scary. But here it's a fucking karate bar. It's a bunch of Marines <laughs> breaking ice. Where they're doing karate challenges. They're betting on karate challenges in the bar. I don't know who came up with this, but it's genius. Um, they break. Yeah, if you're ice. a Marine with a little R and R time in Okinawa, are you at an ice block karate bar? It's crazy. It's just apparently it's, it was packed. You see out. the fake? You see the crowd there? Yeah, it's huge. It's packed. It's so beyond nuts. And I was going to say it's not just an an ice block uh, karate bar. There's some major wagering going on here. Yeah. Just, and, you know, just like the Russian roulette in Deer Hunter, there's a lot of cash being exchanged and. and I'm not even, you know, I guess this Here's is stereotypical. The they love to gamble. The Asians yeah. love whoa, to gamble. Whoa, whoa, Jason. That is editorializing <laughs> on your part. I don't I don't buy into any of that at all. Uh, yeah, they're wagering on breaking ice and all these, like, badass Marines, I assume that have just come over from Sato's dojo, are, like, trying <laughs> to break these do karate chops to break these pieces of ice. And, like, guys are like, oh, I only broke one. I only, and all their hands are, like, getting broken when they try to karate chop the ice. And then and then uh, Chosen rolls in, and he, like, puts Daniel up to he, – he calls out to the bar, like, he'll, he'll offer three to one on Daniel breaking the ice. And okay, Daniel's, so side note, side note. Yeah, Daniel yeah. walks into the bar – and uh, there's a there's a token black guy, and I'm, I'm and I'm getting to the to my point. A token black guy there, and he's trying to do the ice thing, and, and Daniel's openly mocking him, like he's not doing the pivot move. You got to use your your hips right. and blah blah. Oh, that's so, right. Uh, hey, so, that's right. That's a good. So by the way, going. by the way, and then the black guy gets a little offended, like, hey, you you should you you come over here and do this, you smartass. But yes, that black guy. Um, made a living, obviously, in the mid '80s, playing like the token black dude in movies. Oh, we've seen was... a few good men. No, no, no. Oh. He was Sundown. Sundown. Top Gun, which we've already done yeah. on this podcast. And he's the guy from Die Hard. And he's the guy from Die Hard. Sundown. Shut up! Wow. I'm dead serious. So he's wait, he's, quarter, he's quarterback is toast. That guy from Die that Hard. Guy. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and wow. stupid looking glasses. I'm thinking that there there might be a chance, and we we could look this up. That Sundown is the same character in this. He just remember maybe he uh, he 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 didn't do too well at yes. Top Gun, and they shipped him to Okinawa to yes. uh, to maybe is, drop off a rubber dog shit. To this Hong is Kong. like Kim Fields <laughs> hanging out on different strokes and then bouncing over to the Facts of Life school. Yeah, that, there he is. Clarence Gilliard, Top Gun, Sundown. Then he went straight to Karate Kid. On his IMDb page, the very next movie after Top Gun was Karate Kid Part Two, GI Number One. Is he Sundown? There he is. Wow. He doesn't. He's yeah, GI Number One in uh, Karate Kid Part Two. Is Unbelievable, his but could have been yeah. Sundown. 
and then Theo and Die Hard two years after that. So unbelievable, shocking! Wow, so many revelations on this show. And um, not, not only did he uh, he grab the microphone from Tom Cruise and in the infamous scene where he sang mm, the, uh, the yeah, Righteous Brothers chill, moment of all time. So gay. What was cut out after that is he starts to sing, and then there's a, a huge block of ice that they wagered on. Uh, on trying <laughs> Crazy. To <drop> the shot. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yes. He, yeah. he, he brought that from Okinawa to San Diego. Fascinating. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then, like, Daniel, Daniel gets some sense, and he's like, oh, no, I just, you know, I'm just fucking around. Like, I'm not going to do this. And Chosen's, like, putting him up to it. And then Sato's there, and I can't, I'm not sure who's there first. But Miyagi rolls in, and he's like, instead of quelling the situation, he yeah. goes Bank into rolls. his pocket, and he's like, I got 600 bucks on the kid. Like, forces <laughs> him into it. It's crazy. All six. Yeah. Not just, not just break a couple. He's got to break. Yes. Sundown can't get one, get, gets through one block and basically <laughs> has a fractured wrist. But Daniel, who we've never really seen much of an offensive repertoire in his karate game. Great point. Is going to break all six based on Miyagi's punch. Yeah, yeah, breathing. Yeah. And Chosen's yeah. Chosen's announced, I'll pay three to one. And that's yeah. for three blocks. Miyagi just adds in three more blocks, doesn't ask for odds. But like, also, I, he should get 10 to one on that. Chosen's is like, no, all six. And like Daniel just has to do it. He's surrounded by a bunch of Marines, American guys. Right, right. Like the local guy bullying the only American in the city besides them, they'd be like, "No, he can do three. Well, yeah. Chosen was the one. I think one of the first things he said in this ice bar to Daniel was, "You break the ice, or I break your neck." Yeah, it was the, that, those were the consequences. It's another you murder either, threat. You win this, yeah. or your neck is broken. Really, really good point. Yet another, just very casual. Hey, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill yeah. you. Right and in front of a bunch of Marines. A, yeah, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're going to have to break these yeah. or else he's going to kill you. So. For seemingly uh, no Rayon reason. Shirt's sure going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Murder for no reason. That's what this movie should have been called. <laughs> uh, um, so, then they, so then after that, he breaks the ice. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen this movie from 1986. <laughs> he does break the ice. He puts like – Twenty eighteen hundred bucks in his pocket off the deal, was, and we like, we mean like literally breaks the ice. Like he didn't just like awkwardly start a conversation, <laughs> conversation with a single started. woman. Just he didn't, it was just a breaking the ice. See, Stu, say more shit like that instead of your Tatooine <laughs> thing. Tatooine, yeah, that was much funnier what you just did right there. Uh, then Miyagi like rolls over. I can't remember the reason he rolls over to Sato's pad, but Sato's doing karate ch- chops on a piece of wood. Wait, right before yeah. that. Yeah, it's like the next morning, and Kumiko just hands him like a bowling shirt. <laughs> oh, really? Which, that's oh, that's we, right. Yeah, he has bad style, and she's like, "Oh, I made this for you. Like, hopefully, yeah. you don't look so, like such a douche in my village." Well, to him, that's an up. That, that was an upgrade to his wardrobe. He thought that was just the shit. Oh yeah, that, that I mean, shirt. it looks like he something he would to wear. Cover him up. He looked like shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so Miyagi rolls to Sato's pad, and Sato's doing like karate chops on a piece of wood, and f- somehow Miyagi hasn't been there in forty years, and he's like, "Hey, I know this piece of wood. Like, it's just <laughs> a, like just yeah. like a beam. It's a, the, it's a completely indistinguishable pe- little piece of wood. There's no carving on it. You would never recognize it." And he's like, "Sato, this uh, piece of wood we find on beach." And Sato's like, "Fuck yeah, you noticed? Yeah, this is it." <laughs> And did you notice that Sato looks like 
an older version of Piston Honda from Mike Tyson. <laughs> he does. He's very... <laughs> like exactly. Yeah. So, but the the um was one of the subtext of that scene. Uh, I know it was foreshadowing for, for the wood and the uh, and the hurricane or whatever. But like, was were we supposed to imply that he was struggling to break that wood and that was the ultimate thing to break the wood, or was he? I thought he was like trying to work in his hand. Up? Yeah, I think that's like you know, like that thing, like like you squeeze those. What are those things called? Those that like. Things you yeah, squeeze in your things. hands, yeah, to make your grip stronger. This seems like, like a, just that. like a, a workout to crack your hand. It seems like it a bad workout. <laughs> didn't seem very smart, and I don't. I feel like we were all sold a bill of goods on karate back in the eighties. Like you don't see any karate guys tearing up the UFC these days. Like I don't. I feel like <laughs> it's just like a hair's breadth away from the Aikido that Steven Seagal made up. Like somebody made up this karate bullshit like in the 1400s, and it's just been passed along. And everyone's sort of playing along. That well, like, oh yeah, no, that guy kicked still, my ass. Still, I mean, I I can enjoy some Bruce Lee action, but yeah. like I think people think that. Bruce Lee is them. Like th- th- there's something there when Bruce Lee was just Bruce Lee. Right. There's no, there's no, like, it's not karate. It was the guy. He made, Jeet Kune Do, He made up his own thing. Like he was right. doing, he had his own system. Um, okay. Then there, so then I can't remember. Uh-huh. They, Here but, comes the douche chill scene of the yeah, movie. This, uh, Oh, the sock like, up. This sock Daniel's, up. Daniel's got a real shot to get laid here. Like this, Kumiko is like uh, American. Like this is my fucking ticket off this island. I'm gonna fuck. <laughs> right. This she guy. talked about how she can't find a dance studio. So yes. She needs like somebody to get oh, her yeah. to America. She, she took him to the TV store and then had somebody change the channel at the TV store. And there just fucking happened to be a ballet on TV. And she's like, oh, I want to do that. Also, she could just say like, I am interested in ballet. Like uh, we can all picture ballet. I don't need to be actually see ballet and go, oh, that's what you mean. Uh, but she was really setting him up. Like she had worked it where she was going to get a green card out of this. She was all <laughs> set up. She was for sure going to fuck him if that's what it took. They, they roll out to like a – it's like the 50s on Okinawa. They roll out to like a sock hop dance where – Rock around they, the clock is playing. Yeah. But they couldn't afford to license the original Bill Haley version, so they have like the like a cover version, a Muzak version right. of Rock Around. Happy the Days used that song for like eighty yes. times. Yes, they couldn't shell out the eight grand it would have cost to license that song, so they use a fake version. So they're dancing and fucking this Daniel Daniel's can way too into it. Daniel's really into it. He loves to dance and. And uh, Kumiko's like, oh, you very good dancer. Where you learn dance? And what does she say, Ed? What does he say? Oh, I don't even know. What, what did he say? He said, uh, he, he said um, <laughs> I, I learned it. He goes, because I'm my mom's favorite practice partner. Oh, no. Oh, Daniel good God. is good at dancing <laughs> because he That's often fun. volunteers to <laughs> Dance with his mother. <laughs> Think about this monster for a second. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and then, but the sock hop is quickly ruined when Chosen wait, shows wait, wait. up to murder Daniel. Yeah, they have a scene before Chosen shows up to murder him, and he goes, "So, uh, 
are you oh, like, I'm going to ask you a personal question. Are, are you like in an arranged marriage? Oh, and she laughs yes. at him. She's like, ha, ha, that's a thing of the past. Now, he's already seen her like say a prayer and send a lantern in the water. And later on in the movie, she throws rice in the river as some sort of custom that will bring the them bone. good luck. She does the bone and she dance. wears kimonos and wears and prays <laughs> the magic candles. But like, whoa, arranged marriage. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she's all <laughs> what, am I crazy? <laughs> God, don't stereotype me, Daniel. <laughs> Fuck. What the hell? Hang on, let me put chopsticks in my hair now. <laughs> it's so good. And uh, then, then yeah. it becomes what the... Okay, so, you know, arranged marriage, no. Uh, are you? I'm a free agent. Yes. What's a free agent? <laughs> All right, 1986... Were there free agents in baseball in yeah, 1986? There was yeah, was there free agents? Yeah, that's yeah, she uh, hasn't gotten around. She hasn't read the papers yet. She doesn't right. follow MLB right, yet. They're still in the fifties, so no, there was no free agency back then. <laughs> yeah, what's what's free free agent? I don't get it. Oh, that was well, that was way before Kurt Flood. It was like <laughs> way. It was like a, the super awkward. Are we exclusive conversation? Yeah, it was a long way of. of it was just a long, boring way of getting somewhere. Yeah, which is a really great thing un- for the and, movie. Really Chosen really offers up his groin for that for that take yeah. back. Yeah, so Chosen, yeah. Chosen comes in. He's like, hey, I'm here. Guess what? You're going to give me my fucking money back or I'm going to murder you right now. And then he yep. karate chops. And he kicks the shit out of Daniel because Daniel's a huge fucking pussy and he doesn't even fight back or attempt to dodge any punches or anything. Kicks him in the gut a couple times. He's doubled over. And straddles him. Yeah, takes his wallet, and then he's like, ha, and then he stands there with his fucking dick in <laughs> Daniel's face to, to the point where you could see Daniel, like, sizing up. He's like, well, fuck, I could just punch this guy right in the dick right now. Like, no There's problem. a lot of time. Yeah, and so he punches, he punches, um, he punches Chosen in the dick. They make their escape, which is a little weird to me because it's not like you can fucking lamb it down PCH and hide out in Mexico. Like they know you're going back to the village, dude. Like this is on top of that. They escape to a different area that they went in. Like it looks like they walked onto the set of big trouble in little China or the area where like the guy buys gizmo and gremlins. (laughs) Yes. Like it's like the, the stereotypical Chinatown set. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's very it's like neon uh, lights. It's a yes. Times Square. Like it's very off. Yeah. And by the way, different. by the way, chosen. Um, and I just kind of get the impression that they couldn't pull this off in nineteen in two thousand eighteen. Like, um, chosen is very physical with the chick. Like, so are this the is a, This is a scene that I think he throws her to the ground or punches her or something like, and I'm thinking, I don't know if you can get away with that in modern day movie no, making, just no, blatantly no. being no. Uh, brutal to a chick like that. Well, think about what it did to um, Ray Pruitt. I Mama couldn't afford a second T, Ray Pruitt, after he threw Donna down the stairs. How do you talk to an angel? His his music career took a fucking header after that. How many how many TV shows and movies you seen that guy in since? Because I remember he's, reading he's Where Are They Now, an and he said like people yeah. come up to him now and like yell at him. Yeah, and he's like, oh, and I, oh yeah, they were saying back in the day when he was performing, like he was losing fans because yep. of that storyline of him pushing Donna down the stairs, yeah. which is why they had to bring him back the next season. 
with a girlfriend to make him look better to Shut basically up. repair his image. Oh, Shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah. No, I read ruined it. it yeah. Ruined his career. I believe it. And by the way, by the way, I, I yeah. just, I also get the feeling that chosen and, and the chick, whatever her name is, Kumiko. that, that Kumiko. there is, that there is a background story there that they, that he very much, uh, was, um, I don't know, I, I guess, uh, he's been inside in, in love with her <laughs> and, and something happened. And I think it was a part of the original plot line or story and that the producers at some points like we're over budget take that out because he's awful violent with yeah. her for just somebody who's just the love interest of his enemy you know it is, it's almost True. like it seems it, personal it's almost like they were three quarters of the way through the movie and somebody was like hey guys um i just realized and i hope this isn't a problem but this is exactly the plot of karate kid one <laughs> <laughs> well like, this is johnny lawrence all over again well, let's. We need to backtrack to something that Jason just touched on yeah. that we never even hit on in the beginning. When Daniel first got to Okinawa, was when she was teaching Daniel the bone dance or whatever it's called, bone dance, bone dance with the with the with the drum and whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, no, it's yeah. part of the bone dance or whatever. And chosen and his henchmen came and interrupted that. He, she chucked a tomato at him. He rips <laughs> off his shirt, yes. chucks at her, and says, "You keep for your collection." Yeah, yeah. So, yes. so I think that there's there's certainly something where he's had a couple nights over and jumped yep. into the window in Kumiko's yep. room and just laid pipe and maybe left and left yep. his drawers there. That's why. Yeah. That's why I am convinced that there was another story totally. that they had to totally. go in and completely edit out. Now. One last thing. You bring up the bone dance. I know this is a thing with her. That's what she wants to do for a living, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I think the bone dance, it basically is a perfect analogy for the movie. It's fucking stupid and boring. <laughs> it's like There's Tai not, Chi. It's not a yeah, it's dance. Stupid. It's just no. kind of twirling around and moving your arms. It's, it's takes no very skill. little talent. Yeah, she's not going to get very into little. Juilliard with that bone dance. I hope that's not her audition. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, so then they roll. Back, they're back at the back at the village, Miyagi's crib. Sato, Sato. shows up. Miyagi, yeah, come out. Time to, yeah, three days are up. Time to beat ass. Yeah, <laughs> another time. Time to murder. Like a full my friend, suit. tailored suit, ready to fight. Yeah, he's in. He's in a three piece. He's looking sharp. And then um, the the nephews that chosen's there with his two boys, and he's brought along a murdering spear. <laughs> where he's like, hey, look at this fucking sharp bayonet thing. Like, I can fuck you up with this. I'm probably going to kill you. And then he goes in and he's like, hey, I'm going to rip some pictures off the wall with it in the dojo. And let's be honest, like Miyagi's dad's pad is pretty much a shithole anyways. I don't know how they would know to like go like that's the like, like that's the sentimental area of the Maybe house. they think somebody was already there. Like, oh, right. it's already a shithole. Yeah, right. It looks it looks like just as shitty as the rest of the place, but for some reason they knew to like rip those posters down with their murdering spear. And then he's like, "Miyagi, teach you how to fight spear." And and Daniel's like, "No." And then he starts fucking him up. Um, then <laughs> and also, what, what, I don't know if yeah. it was Steve or Jason was talking about how like the bad stereotypes when Sato like gives him the word like, "All right, fuck this place up" because Miyagi's not here. He goes with. Pressure. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, it's very racist. Then what do they do? Him and his buddies start fucking karate chopping all the plants. 
Yet another <laughs> horticulture side that they pull off where they're like, yeah, no like onions. It like kicks over a fern and one guy rips off a palm and all they do is there's like there's plenty of property to be destroyed and they're like no we're fucking up the plants like we're really gonna annoy these people um yeah they fuck up the garden a lot of plant assault then it's the next day and Miyagi's being a real bitch about (laughs) Yuki she you know he's like I am bouncing I don't want to get fucking killed by Sato so I'm out of here and he's like, what can, what can I do to um, make you feel better? And she's like, oh, how about you just fucking let me come with you to Reseda? Like, there's not shit going on here. And Okinawa, <laughs> like, my fucking village is about to get bulldozed by Sato. Uh, like, maybe. Yeah, like, I can go love me. running water at this Yeah, point. you love me so much. Like, the, there's no fish. The cannery's closed. I've been taking <laughs> care of your dad for 40 years. How, why do I have to have the fucking idea, take me with you? I, I thought that was again not Miyagi, not a great communicator, right? No. Yeah. I've been uh, eating onions for forty years. You have twenty cars in America, and you're a janitor. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, and then Kimiko's feeding the fish rice. It's like a special ceremony, and uh, this Daniel, he walks out and he's like hanging out with her, and she's like, he's like, uh, hey, you know, like you should go. D- take that ballet. We have ballet in the States. And she, and she's like, Oh no, this is my home. And he goes, well, home is where you hang your hat. And I could actually through the screen, I could feel all the moisture move away (laughs) from Kumiko's genitals. At that point, she was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I thought about fucking this guy to go to America. (laughs) Because it, uh, home is where you hang your hat. Like, is he a fucking seventy-year-old <laughs> ex vaudevillian? Like, where did where did who said stuff like that? Um, and then again, I and feel then the like almost this, the almost kiss right yeah, there, feel, right? And I, then it was just a, like okay, they, they had a few almost kisses. I feel like that was maybe had to do with the ratings. Like they wanted to get a, a soft PG. I'm not sure, but they're about to go in for a smooch, and yet another. Garden assault. Sato's there with a fucking bulldozer and he's destroying their onion garden. Yet again, the one that was already destroyed with hose before. This time he's brought a bulldozer and Miyagi's like, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, I sell village. And he's announced that he's over it with the village. Fuck the village. And Miyagi's like, all right, that's uh, it. I find you. Yeah. You've broken me. You've threatened to murder me. You've threatened to murder everyone I know. You've tormented me. But you fucking up this garden. like You fuck up these strong. onions. Now we got to fight. Yeah, we we got to tussle. We had, a, we had a good cabbage crop going. It just came in that row, that last row there. It was going to feed all 700 people in this village, eight heads of cabbage. And uh, it's, just, it's just too much for me. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to fight. And Sato's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to fuck you up. Midnight. Let's go, let's go midnight. And Sato, I'm starting to realize a little bit of a one dimensional character, like not a lot of depth to him. Seems he's very successful businessman. He's not, you know, he just has the one kind of weird car, but he owns everything. Like things have gone really well for him in his life, but just real fucking angry and just real singular focused on this Miyagi guy and fucking him up. And I feel like if he just got some therapy, worked through that, like he would be able to open up a a lot of other things in his life, but it's just not happening for him. 
so they got they got a death battle. Miyagi's getting ready for his death battle. Like he's got his ceremonial robes on, and the the battle is that night. And Miyagi walks in, and what's Daniel doing? He's fucking planting a fern in the garden. He's just out there, just like one of the plants they kicked over. He's like, yeah, my best friend is going to get fucking murdered and they're probably going to kill me after. And I, and if they don't, I don't even know how to get off this fucking Island. Like, what am I doing here? I think I'll just plant a plant. I'm just going to get a spade and just plant this plant right here. Uh, what else? So they, so it's getting well, Miyagi, Miyagi yeah. says like, look, just in case Sato does murder me. Oh yeah. He gives here's my will. will. Yeah. Here's my will. Take, yeah. you, you take over the fucking maintenance business in Reseda yes. and you get some of the cars and paint the house again while you're at it. No, yeah, he's like, I might you die. Get, you get the house, careful of that mailman. He's like, this mailman <laughs> seems a little shifty, wants to bring his wife over. I'm not sure what he's got in mind. but You know that mailman while they were in Okinawa, that mailman was fucking his wife on the bridge in the backyard. Oh, yeah, that fucking mailman just fucking splooged cum all over the fucking deck, the plants. Like he really decorated the place. Um, so, so they're like all getting ready. Um, Kamiko is like prepping herself. Was that when she makes the tea with like 40 old timey utensils? I thought she might be like getting ready to wax her pussy or something. I don't know. She had like a pot. She was boiling something and she had lots of bamboo Hello, sticks. Yeah. It was a whole process just to make tea. Just, you know, they have that shit in bag for them. bags, and it's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, cheap. Well, it was obviously we saw this earlier when Dan, we, we didn't cover this when we talked about it, but it's the same thing when Miyagi reconnected with Yukie. They were doing this, and Daniel asked, What the fuck are they doing in there? Sitting across from each other, looking at each other, all gazing. Oh, this is a tradition. It means they're falling in love. So she's basically setting it up for Daniel. Like, look, I've thrown every fucking signal out there that I want some of this. And here, yeah. let's make yeah. some tea. This means yeah. Here's some magic means, tea. Yeah, tea yeah. means you need to get hard. We need to do this yes. because your boy's about to die, and you're not going to be in a good mood later, and it's all going to suck. So can we get on with this? Let's fuck first. What it was. Yeah, yeah. To, Viagra to me, tea. It probably was me. like um, tiger paw tea to like secretly get his dick or rhino horn. She like <laughs> snuck shark fin. Yes, Jason. <laughs> Now, to me, that fourteen minutes—that um, fourteen minutes of tea scene—what um, <laughs> it just seemed like a transparent thing by the producers and director. I think they had the, like a, a co-star meeting and said, "I don't think we've done enough to bore the shit out of the That's people true. that are watching this movie. Let's put fourteen minutes in of Daniel being." Uh, obliviously yet aroused at some fucking tea making. Yeah, because it came right after the rice ceremony scene, which was also oh fucking God. eight minutes. Yeah, <laughs> B- bad editing. A lot of that going on. Then all of a sudden, like every, the fights at midnight seems like a weird time to fight. I see, feel like daylight would be better, or dawn or high noon. I think I've heard that before, but midnight it is, I guess. And out of fucking nowhere. Apparently, these guys don't have the weather app. <laughs> well, also, none of them have read the Three Little Pigs story. Yes. Well, yes. Like, everybody's house is made of paper oh. and, and, like, flimsy wood. A massive typhoon blows in at a place known to get that kind of weather regularly. The By the way, by the way, the typhoon interrupts yet another kiss attempt. Another kiss. Like, That's, he yes. is getting cock-blocked by the weather. Like, yes. the typhoon. He cannot yes. catch a break out there. Yes. 
<laughs> Allie yeah. cheats on him with Gaston Green, and now he's got a chance. <laughs> Mother Nature to get is some like ass fuckers. in another country, and fucking yes. Mother Nature. And before it was the bulldozer to the to the village, like. Give the guy a break. I mean, and, shit. Yeah. And, rep- yeah. and reportedly, in the bylaws of this uh, of this Okinawan village, it isn't on a map. Um, it as soon as the typhoon starts to hit, um, the twelve year old is supposed to scale the yes. the ladder and oh, ring yes. the bell. The twelve year old. Hold on. Yes. Yes. So so <laughs> typhoon comes in, and Miyagi and Daniel jump into action, and they they. There's a there's a cellar there specifically for to deal with typhoons. Except you go underground. Except it's wide open so that all the rain <laughs> can pour in. And like they don't for whatever reason they didn't make the walls just high enough to keep them protected. But luckily they can see their whole village being destroyed. Sato is for some reason even though we've determined he has his own house he's he's decided to bunk out at the village that night. Like a hut. In a hut, his hut collapses. Chosen runs and leaves him there. Yeah, and they're like, out. they're like, Chosen, what's up with Sato? And he's like, Sato dead. And he runs, he runs and cowers like a little bitch in the, in the uh, cellar. And Daniel and Miyagi run over. And this, I mean, I can't believe I sat through this whole movie and this is what happens. Me, uh, Sato is trapped under a beam. It appears to be easily liftable beam i don't like daniel and and miyagi not really like physics aware where if they just (laughs) both went to one side and grabbed an end they could easily just fulcrum it off of sato they're trying to pull from the middle to get it off him and it's just not working so of course the natural instinct is for what miyagi to karate chop the eight by eight solid maple beam in half <laughs> and what would that do to his chest yeah if, if he if he could break wood like that it would I mean, his ribs and heart are gonna explode <laughs> so he could they couldn't lift it right but a karate one karate chop can break it in half yes also okay. the 30 other dudes that were just cowering in the cellar like it's okay yeah it's raining a little bit and it's kind of windy like why don't you guys just hop out and run the 12 feet over to Sato's shack and just help lift this piece of wood? No, off but at the, the same time, they're the only smart ones. They're like, one, I don't want to get hurt. Two, this is the guy who's threatening our village. Yeah, that's Let true. him fucking die. <laughs> He's about to destroy the village five minutes ago. He had a bulldozer so on the village right before. They rescue Sato, and only then do they realize that a, a small child decided it would be a good idea in the middle of a typhoon to to climb a super high rickety ladder. Yeah, the girl who's ringing the bell, the parents are like, go ring the bell, warn everybody, and then we'll be fine. We'll be, yes. we'll be in the shelter. And then so just, we'll be in there. <laughs> just stay up there a while. So me, then um, Chosen refuses to go help. Daniel runs out to help her. Now, she could have easily climb down the four steps of ladder that she was on, but she refused <laughs> to do that. So Daniel climbs up and immediately the ladder falls apart, but in the most impossible way ever, where like half right. of one side fell off and but but still the it's steps like a of the ladder were intact. Yes. <laughs> it was insane. 
Um, and he starts line, shouting English at her. Just hang on. Yes, but he does something. They're almost electrocuted, and somehow he stems the tide of that by removing his belt and throwing it over the wires. Yeah. Uh, Super. Yes, perfectly plausible. Then he rescues her. They get down to the ground, and he's he has to carry her. What couldn't she just walk at that point? Like her legs weren't broken. Uh, at any rate, everyone is saved. Chosen has uh, been, uh, what do you call that when you kick somebody out of your family? Disowned. Disowned. That's the word I was looking for. Sada wanted Chosen to go help him out after Daniel had come. And he's like, no, I'm not helping that pussy. Fuck that. No, I'm down. I'm out. I'm not doing this. Was it a lack of willingness to help Daniel or was it just him being a pussy? Like being a coward? He didn't want to help Daniel because Daniel is his enemy so he wasn't going to help him like no and, i and don't want to help honor. No, and he's I, his enemy why but he was a because he took 600 <laughs> bucks because he I broke think, six bucks i think, cho- no, I think chosen was worse than that he ruined his carrot scam yeah, yeah ch- that too oh, right took his girl i mean come on now we know that there was something going on between chosen and kumiko which That's was true. never really so yeah and this guy the second daniel show up on the island there was no way that Chosen wasn't going to want to murder him at some point during the movie. It was a given. But, like, from the for get-go. sure. Like, for I don't sure. like this guy. Anything he does, I don't want to help him. Sato says, you got to go help him. No, I don't want it. Then you're dead to me. And uh, but he was also being a huge puss. Like, he went way in the corner of yeah, the cellar. He like, he was being a little bitch. I think he was scared of just a little bit of rain. It didn't seem like the yeah. worst typhoon I ever saw. If they had maybe just... Bought some, made some things out of bricks, or even <laughs> just some stronger wood. I think they would have been fine. The fact that their houses were made of paper didn't really seem to help the situation. And I can, I know they're sort of in a tropical area, but I, Japan does get cold in the winter time. I can only imagine what it's like. No, not not in the southern part. Oh, doesn't? I wouldn't think so. Oh, I don't know. Um. Anyway, they. So then I, I'm like, oh, thank God, this fucking movie's over. <laughs> But it's not. Oh, not even close. There's, there's, Sato shows up the next day. First time you don't see him, almost you don't see him in a three piece suit. He shows up with all sorts of fucking built. He's got earth movers and fucking wood, and he's like, I. Yeah, but you know what he has? More flimsy wood. He's going to rebuild the village into another shitty wood village. It's all, it's all like balsa. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It was pretty. It was a big change for Sato, who until this point had been very one-dimensional. But after having his life saved by Miyagi, he fucking bows to him. And he's like, hey, here's the deed. And apparently the deeds back then were like on runes or something because he gives him a box of something. As far as I know, (laughs) deeds are just written on paper. Like that could be an envelope. I don't think – I don't know why it had to be in a wooden box. But he's like, here, here's deed to village. I rebuild. I love you. We're friends again. Like everything's fine. Yeah, he's a real fine. bitch. He's like doing soul shakes with Danielson. Oh yeah, they do a real awkward jive, like high five. Like it looks like the Oakland A's and out of the eighties in the dugout. Like really yeah. trying to like shake hands. It was very awkward. It was kind of like Tiger and Stevie Williams trying to give each other a high five back in the day. Like they could never figure out how to do it. Like they would take an odd route and just couldn't seem to like clasp hands properly. It was like that. Uh, And then there's a big, it's a big ask. It's like, Hey, um, 
we want to have the bone dance in the castle. Like you used to be a huge dick and you wouldn't let people have bone dances in the castle, but now we want to do it. And he's like, now and forever bone dance in castle. <laughs> and he's like on a one condition. And Daniel's like, yeah, he's like, you dance with us. And Meanwhile, that just gave Daniel immediate wood. Like, holy yeah, shit, I get to dance right again in this movie. He went from, so he went fired from up. the midnight after that moment. <laughs> yeah. So you think the movie's going to end like they have another long, fucking boring dance yeah, celebrations. Dance. Fucking achy, breaky heart there. Yeah. And it's and it's time, and they're like, oh, um, Kumiko's going to do her fucking bone dance. Like, you know, it's just been building up to this. Her, her whole life has led up to this moment where she can do this dance that you yeah. could probably teach a third grader in 15 minutes. Yep. She's going to do it in front of the whole village, and it's going to be a big thing because Daniel read about it in the Okinawa yep. book, which is why he probably suggested it. Like, oh, hey, I did learn something from this book. They used he to have everything about here. It. Yeah. Chapter 38. He's an Okinawa fucking historian now. Hey guys, there's one more uh, Asian that guy. It, there's a drunk guy with like a jug handing out booze, and he was the same drunk guy in the movie Gung Ho. It oh, was yeah. like all shit faced. Oh, like they, all Eddie the Watanabe. No, he's like the the pudgier guy with the giant glasses and Gung oh, Ho. Oh, I know him. The guy that gets real drunk in Gung Ho. Yes, that's yes, what he does. So I totally for, remember for a, a small stretch in like the mid to late eighties. Yes. This guy played your pudgy, drunken Asian dude. Had the big glasses, could never speak English. Like that was the whole his whole thing, his yep. whole shtick. He was uh, at the yeah. dancing thing, the bone yes. dance. So they do the bone dance, and Daniel's like, "Hey, I've seen her do that. I've been watching her do this. It's fucking so badass." And I'm like, "Daniel, you're such a fucking tool. Like this is so dumb." And then so then she starts doing it, and then. On of like a fucking zip line or something, <laughs> uh, in a Street Fighter costume, oh, yeah. chose, chosen flies back in, and for a, some karate badass, he needs a lot of weapons. He gets Kumiko around the neck, puts a fucking knife to her throat, and he's like, and he doesn't really. I'm not sure what his end game is here. He doesn't really make his intentions clear. Like, is he there? He's he's he like kind of made it, fight. He kind of made it seem like people would respect him if he murdered. Yeah, that was he said. He, like, they like, understand honor or something. Yeah, I'm here for honor. Like, Daniel, come over here so I can fuck you up. But it, I see. I feel like he wouldn't be too popular around the village after that. Yeah, like <laughs> if he beats the, Daniel at the end of this thing, and Daniel's laying in a bloody pulp. Yeah. Does does chosen get cheered by everybody there, right, or is it like? What the fuck did you just do, man? We had a good dance going. Yeah, he ruined he it. killed the American. <laughs> he <laughs> makes it. We've got a chain link fence surrounded by Americans. Like he we're makes all it pretty die. obvious where he's like, I'm here to fucking kill him. And I feel like if he fucking just stabbed him in the heart a bunch of times and just left him there to bleed out, like the rest of the people in town would be like, fuck that chosen guy. Like, I don't just don't invite him. Yeah. Yeah. He likes to kill people. So Daniel is like is baited into going over and defending Kumiko and he has to walk across this um it's, there's like a platform in the middle surrounded by a tiny moat. This is my thing. This is my thing yeah. though. Okay, so what did Miyagi do when uh on Halloween when the Cobra Kai had uh Fucked had, them all cornered, up. had cornered yeah. yeah, Daniel on the fence and everything. I mean, he comes out of nowhere and he just kicks, starts kicking ass. Spider Man. Um, we have a guy 
holding a yeah. woman hostage in a street fighter th- costume and threatening to kill uh daniel is an and actual knife to just, throat miyagi chooses just to sit there with a drink in hand and his uh future wife and watch the whole thing he just no, hangs out no he I tells da- he's, he's like daniel fuck you know he's like wants you to go over there to kill you like head over well, there. well you know we know the line this not tournament. This for real. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And I got a this bigger question. Not, this is you're not winning a trophy for this one, Daniel. That the, the, the All Valley Trophy. No, this is for real. If you don't win, you're going to be dead. You might want to up your game. <laughs> right. Remember but I'm, I'm just going to stand over here on the side with my yeah. chick. Uh, what, what were you going to say? Ed? With murder and kidnapping on the table, where are the Japanese police? No, no, there's like, not, no. Sato owns the town, and he like can, they, police don't exist. Like, okay, yes. he has a hostage. Then he throws the knife down after Danielson like loses the the uh, bridge. But like, couldn't the police show up and like be like, oh, here we got another bridge, and you just threw away your knife? So like, well, it's a, it's I think a, it's like I think it's like what Brian said in the fact that Sato owns the village. It's almost like a Back to the Future two when they went back to alternate like 1985 Biff. and Biff owned everybody. Like, kid, I own the police. Like, no, nothing's everything that's going yeah. on there is being done by Sato, and but he's Sato, he's a good guy now. Like Sato should be. But I don't in think control. Chosen knows that at this point, does he? Because he hasn't been around, so he ditched that fucking little hut and was just like, I'm out. Maybe it's a whole uh, con on the audience. Sato was, this was the the slow play. Could be, because (laughs) as far as we know, Sato is the baddest karate motherfucker in the town. So this, Daniel cruises over and he's like, oh, kick off bridge. And so there's like a little wooden like step bridge across to the platform that he's on. And he kicks it down and then he, then uh, chosen throws his knife down and he's like, all right, let's go. They get in karate stance. Now the bridge area is easily jumpable. Like there's not like like if it's like three feet, if you wanted to help. And even if you couldn't jump across, you could climb down one side and wade through the foot of water in between and climb up the other side. Like it wasn't this impossible to breach chasm. It was just like a little, like you probably have to get, like you have to go one yard. Yeah, like sort of a running start where you could kind of like hop to the other side, but you would easily make it. And even if you didn't, you would just land in a little water and then could climb up. But meanwhile, everyone just sits there and watches while Daniel is getting his literal ass fucking well, kicked. Well, first, before he's getting his ass kicked, um, the woman, um, after she's been thrown to the ground. Kumiko. Oh, yeah. She yeah. tries to come to Daniel's uh, defense and yeah. jumps jumps on Chosen and he just punches her square in the face. Yeah, <laughs> he really does. Well, she tries to strangle yeah. him. But yeah, would she, the better move when his back is turned to you just push him into the water? Yes. Exactly. How about like she tried to choke him? Just how about pick up that knife that he chucked right. and yeah. stab him in the back? Yeah, get him in the back of the neck. Get him in the brainstem. Like you're not going to go to prison. Sato runs the town. You're right. The yeah. one time murder in this movie would be justified, and they they choose not to do it. So da- Daniel's got to fight it out, and he's pretty much getting his ass kicked. And then Steve, I know this is something that you particularly love. What what does Miyagi do that that motivates Daniel to be able to come back in the fight? 
Well, Miyagi's had enough of his pupils getting his ass kicked yet again in front of a large audience. But before we get to the part where where you're talking about, let's not forget, Daniel, in the middle of all this ass kicking, tries the crane and (laughs) chosen is like, look, Dude, shit doesn't work. Maybe in the states, maybe in this Reseda, isn't Reseda. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Meanwhile, meanwhile, I don't walk into that. Meanwhile, his teacher Miyagi has coached him to believe that it's an, an indefensible yeah. move. Yeah. And, and uh, apparently, defense. the only defense is not walk off. into it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't work whatsoever, and everyone's like, "Oh shit!" So the whole first movie that we got all fired up for. It really only works on punk ass white boys in the valley. Like it he doesn't just, work in the homeland. He just, <laughs> gra- he just grabs his leg and then drops like thirty super hard elbows to his yeah. to his ribs. Yeah. So uh, after that failed experiment from Daniel, um, we we didn't know this until it actually happened. But not only does Miyagi reach into his gi and pull out the drum. <laughs> Apparently, everybody else was notified before the bonnet. Hey, you might want to bring your drums. <laughs> Literally, every single person in the audience has a Sato, Sato gets his out. And it's, like, and it's funny because if you actually take a look at everybody's drums, there's a pecking order of who gets a good there, drum. There's better ones. Who yeah, just gets one you fucking make like Immunity Idol on Survivor, where you just piece shit together with beads and some fucking like leaves. spoons. Yeah, and Sato's has got a badass one. Yeah, like, of course, and he's the richest. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, the the varying of 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 drums in this was kind of fascinating to me. It, uh, it I really, to see this. But yeah, it, they're just all just playing drums, and that it's almost like when Ho, back in the eighties when Hulk Hogan would get his ass kicked and they go for the pin, yeah. and then he would just Hulk up. Give him this the was this was yeah. Daniel's hooking up. It's like Gave oh him. shit, the drums are playing. Time to get going. Gave him the power. And then, despite the fact that Miyagi never taught him the actual technique, he just gave him the drum and said, hey, think about it. (laughs) All of a sudden, he they start playing the drums, and he gets this burst of energy, like Steve said, and he's able to do not only the dodging of the drum technique, but a counter-fucking-punch that just blood, that's indefensible, and just fucking bloodies... Uh, chosen so badly, except for the fact that they shoot it so that you can only see the upper half of Daniel's yeah. body. Like they could, they couldn't make it look realistic, so they only could you could only kind of see his hands and Chosen's head as he was as he was getting bloodied. You don't even you just see shoulders. You don't even see hands because think about their lower body. If you're like bracing yourself to do a big uh, drum punch, your nuts are exposed yet again. Yeah. Yeah. All Daniel had to do was kick him in the nuts. We've learned about that. This is, my, this is my question. And maybe this was explained why I was busy getting bored. But um, <laughs> if, what, if the drums worked on some stupid American and the drums are an ancient Okinawan thing. Wouldn't, wouldn't Chosen know that shit. Yeah. Why was he impervious to yeah. the drum technique yeah. right there? Why, why was Daniel the one being inspired Chosen could have just been like, oh, they're doing the drum thing. Of yeah. course, I'll do this to kill him. Yeah, I've been teaching this at Sato's karate school. I'm a much more skilled <laughs> martial artist than fucking Daniel, who's been studying it for like eight months. Like, yeah, yeah I've known my whole life. I know the drum shit. Uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but that's 
that's how it ends. That is. <laughs> well, it, 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 he's got him. He beats him with the punches yeah. and then he gets him down. And it's oh, again, right. live yeah. or die, man. Like he's yeah. going to murder chosen in front of a bunch of people and chosen says, yeah, I'll die. Yeah. Die. Yeah. I'm, I'm dead. And, and the Okinawan village has a lot of bloodlust for it. Yeah, they're <laughs> all they're all ready for him to kill him, and then he takes another page out of Miyagi's book and does a little slapsticky on the nose uh, for a cute because you know he's not a killer. He's Which, he yeah. obviously has the power and to that kill, put, and that puts Chosen away. He like falls to the ground. I'm yeah, dead. Can't get like, up. What? Can't get up. See the, can't the, get up these, with nose, nose yeah. squish. No, yeah. the whole slapstick. That I mean, to me, that was like. An hour and 55 minutes to see exactly where this movie was going. And it was very emotional. The score was was at its peak volume. And Daniel does the clown nose thing. And it just seemed out of place. It just was, it was weird. a slapsticky thing. You're right. In this it, very emotional. It was yeah, life or death. To the death. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. We were told all movie. We were yeah. told all movie you fight in Yokinawa when you fight you fight to the death. Well, this yeah, death right. ended in a nose squish. Yeah, and crazy, crazy. That was that. <laughs> no, okay. Well, I guess okay. he didn't die, but he got a honking nose. Like, um, okay. P- parting <laughs> thoughts, Ed Daly. Anything you would like to add? This was a terrible movie. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would. I would say this was. I would say it's a solid D. D minus. Yeah, that's that's a I'm gonna say D just because there were so many cool rayon shirts. I I bumped it up a grade. Yeah, it was it was long. We had some definitely sponsored by Chess King in this movie. Yes. Chosen Chosen was was just peacock in those shirts. He he looked sharp. Um Jason Stewart, you had that great tatooine joke earlier. Sum up this movie for us. Give us your final thoughts. Karate Kid Part two. It's almost like, you know, there's an old saying in the industry, right? But, you know, play the hits. And, like, if you're going to do a sequel, you're, yeah. you probably want to go to what everyone loved the first one. Like, I just have a feeling that when I went to the theater in 88 to see this movie, I wanted to see a lot of karate. Like, amp up the karate. It's called the Karate Kid. But this Macho couldn't do karate. Did you okay, see him yeah. and, and, pantomiming and the, karate? And my point is... This movie was bookended by karate. It had karate at the beginning. It had yeah. karate at the very end. And no, then it was the an hour of 50 minutes of dreadfulness and boring. So boring. My, my take on it, uh, light on the karate and heavy on the sh- just shitty, boring movie. Well, as, as Steve yes. knows, Karate Kid 3, they, the, t- the takeaway was... You know what everybody needs? More bonsai yes. trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of horticulture throughout these movies. Uh, Steve Carbone, your parting thoughts. Tell us your summation. Karate Kid Part 2. What do you have to add? Well, I think it's, I think it's great because Ed gave it a D. Jason said throughout this how boring and horrible this movie was. We just did a recap that was longer than yes. the movie itself. <laughs> We, we discussed in detail every single scene of the movie that was horrible. Of the worst movie, apparently, that was so bad. Um, the Karate Kid trilogy, I don't count four. I don't count Hillary Swank as part of no, this franchise. No, I care. don't count the Jane ones Smith. that Jackie Chan made and the, yeah. and the Little Smith boy. 
these three movies were such a part of my childhood that I give them all A's. I don't care. (laughs) They're just A's in my book because it was such a big part of my life. That golf and stuff from the first movie was literally 15 minutes from where I grew up. Used to go there all the time in high school. I wanted to emulate Daniel LaRusso when I got to high school. That's how much this movie was a part of I give the first one an A. Yes, but I do... Like this movie just was awful. A's. The, the idea of them are A's to me. The execution, yeah. I give a shit about. But this, um, <laughs> uh, A's across the board. And I'm telling you, you have to watch three. It's oh. it's I never, it, I never saw it. Mad Boy. It we're, sums we're, this. It sums this trilogy up so well. And no, we're gonna reconvene. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna reconvene. We will let's, absolutely do. Let's a, do it in a, the spring. In yeah. the spring, we'll reconvene for Karate Kid Part Three. Hey, hang on, I got one more bit of trivia. Oh, okay. The boys who asked for Daniel Sun's autograph in the, li- in the initial scene. They li- he's like, where do you live? And they're like, Reseda. And I'm like, oh, that's all three yeah. white people that have ever lived in Reseda. They're all together <laughs> right there. Yes. Who were those? Were they John Avildsen's children? Nope. Their names are Garth Johnson and Brett Johnson. They're the sons of the referee, Pat Johnson, who oh was God. the technical advisor. Oh, the the wow. nepotism of this franchise <laughs> is just <laughs> what, a fantastic, what a fantastic detail. Obviously, I hated this movie, but I will, um, in to expand on what Steve Carbone said, they are very integral to my childhood. And I did recall when they got out those drums and they started playing those drums, I was watching it this time and I'm like, man, this is so fucking stupid. But I do recall being about 11, 12 years old and going, oh, amped. Why, why the fuck don't I have one of those drums? <laughs> like, when am I getting it, one of those? I need one of those. And, and, and what I went on opening night and I remember being fucking amped and like wanting to take karate that like when I left the theater, but never. Did. Oh, everybody did. It's yes. kind of like how Top Gun was. Everyone wanted to join. Totally. But, but we're all uh, we're all around the same age. Yep. I will say that the one thing that this this movie delivered uh, to us was a god awful ballad that we heard at our slow dances in high school or junior high. Oh or yeah, it was. I and am a man. I can't think. I and can't what? think of that song without thinking of those slow dances and like it. It's just, to me. There's something about that ballad that's particularly depressing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, the horrible '80s music and or Satara's vocals, but it's, it's a, a god awful slow song. So was this was this Satara when he was like, "Look, Chicago, I need to take a break real quick and do this pussy ass ballad for a karate movie," or was this? Did he just take off from like was he yeah. done with Chicago when he? Did I this think song? he. I, I think so. I think he just wanted the money. He's like, oh, yeah. on. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this for myself right no, now. Wik- I'm gonna do a piano Wik- ballad. Wikipedia specifically. <laughs> He's like, says, I got something so hot. Chicago can't even handle shit. But uh, Wikipedia specifically says that this was his first journey into solo. He he yeah. was gonna do solo. Nailed and it. And they asked to uh, to put the song on that movie, and and it just launched him. Yeah. Okay. I, I, there's something that we need to cover before we head out, and okay, you guys go watch Karate Kid Three. And are you guys aware that they are that they're doing a show about oh, yeah, Karate Kid? Yeah. On Tube Red. Are it's you like aware about the Cobra Kai. Yeah. Yeah. And Daniel and that. Zabka. Daniel and Zabka are signed on. Filming has already started in Atlanta. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be like a ten episode show. And. I'm in. 
Amen. We are going to get Daniel and Zapka in character where they're at in their lives 30 years later. Love like, this it. is, this needs to be <laughs> like, yeah, I'm yeah, absolutely Cetera, Cetera left Chicago in 85. Yeah. Oh, and then he went to straight do this. into this. So I got, I got one for you guys. Listen to this. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was kind of, it was, it was it was it was McCartney's maybe maybe I'm amazed or Lennon's imagine. Yep. I saved this up. I kept this from you. Fuck you. Such a jam. Yeah. Okay, guys, I really appreciate it. That is it. That'll wrap it up for the Karate this Kid won Part the Two. Grammy. Oh, did it? It was Huge Oscar hit. nominated. Huge hit. Okay. Best. Okay, we're wrapping it up. Vocal oh. performance. Okay, let's not bring anything else up. Um, excellent job all the way around. I want to thank Jason Stewart for not tindering out in the middle of the episode like he did last time. Welcome. Very, yep. Very professional. Uh, Steve Carbone, massive, massive star on the internet. Steve, give us a quick spoiler from the upcoming Bachelor. What is something that's going to happen on The Bachelor that only you know, that only you are able to publish on your website, realitysteve.com? <laughs> Uh, we are, as we speak, um, in the middle of filming hometown dates. He's down to his four girls and nobody that I don't think will blow anybody away. Uh, kind of four plain Janes, to be honest with you. Always. Um, but this season, um, it's your typical, I, there's nothing really yet that have stood out. I, I don't have all the spoilers, but um, how far she, did the, how far does the black girl make it this year? Does she make it to one before hometowns, two before hometowns, final eight? Not even. I don't even wow. think final wow. eight, if I'm not mistaken. So Ari yeah. Lion Dyke Jr. racist. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Lion Dyke, the Lion Dyke family name is probably going to be soiled even more after this, but. Um, your typical, your typical dates and travel and cattiness between the girls, but yeah, the final four girls. No Corins pretty, this season. No, I mean there no. there is a girl that's kind of an oddball, but not on the sexier type like Corinne is. Right, I, it just it's hard to. We're not we're yeah. not seeing any like strong talent, and by strong I mean tremendous upper body strength. There are a couple that do, and they're not in the final four. So I don't uh, know what Ari's thinking. Oh my god! Oh yeah. my god! What is wrong with this guy? Right now, right now, Ed is really bored. He's into it. Uh, okay, <laughs> realitysteve.com. Uh, you heard it here. We are definitely going to reconvene and talk about Karate Kid Part Three. It is a date. You will have us back together again at some point in the future to discuss that. Ed Daly, as always, excellent, excellent work on your part. I appreciate your contribution. Yeah, this was fun, guys. A lot of fun. Great crew. <laughs> uh, for those people, for Ed Daly, for Jason Stewart, for Reality Steve, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been the Karate Kid Part 2 episode of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Say goodbye 
your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.